lies, deceit, corruption, violence against women. No, we're not talking about the Ohio State training camp. We watch the boys, and we're going to talk about it this week on Top 5 for Fighting. We're going to talk about it this week on Top 5 for Fighting. Dozens and dozens of years, decades of years. Decades of years. That's... First of all, first of all, give spoilers. Okay, we are. Oh we yeah, are yeah. Talk about spoilers. That would have been a huge dick it, move. Get the Charmin. Greg's gonna <laughs> shit on something. <laughs> Tell so you what's is. going on. There's a bunch of monkeys looking like they're fucking a coconut. Literally anything in the goddamn fridge. Two hours later, you've got the Haitian mudslide going on, and then it's just you're like, why did I do this? Here we go. I, He's I got really, that look on his face really like he's getting ready to punch a this, baby. Yeah, this this movie was a bag of dicks for me. He used to run through the house <laughs> just hauling ass. Nothing but underwear. Probably naked, ass too. underwear, hauling ass. I'm going to have me some fun. <laughs> I'm going to have me some fun. All right, welcome back. Episode 24, Top 5 for Fighting. We have an absolutely incredible show on tap for you this week. Because not only do you get to listen to the angelic tones of, of Mike Putnam, and, and you get to hear me cancel those out. That's a given. We're going to have uh, the marketing angel on the show again this week. And we have Hello. extra Susan. That's Susan, the marketing angel. She just spoke to you. We have extra special, super-duper film critic guest on here. Uh, Colby Mack is going to join us from Atlanta. And if you have not listened to his podcast, we're going to get onto it. But Colby... Thank you so much for joining our show, and it is absolute pleasure to get to do this with you. Yo, 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 what up, Top 5 for Fighting Pod? This has been a long time coming. I've been a really big fan of y'all. I know y'all just started, but I have hopped on and caught up, and I am really, really excited. We got some Florida boys on this podcast right now, so I already feel the energy. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Is that energy or humidity? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let, let it be energy. Let yeah, it be energy. yeah. You're talking humidity. It's lethargic. It is gross down here. Right yeah, now. it's it, this is this is the worst month, man. You you you're probably a little guy when you left out of here, but man, August is like, do I want to go outside or do I want to put an ice pick in my ear? It's it's kind of fifty fifty at that point. I mean, we know it gets hot in Atlanta too, but it is one zip code away from hell down here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. We're going to start this off just super quick this week. Uh, to all our listeners, we do normally do our Florida Story and Charmin Circle on the second episode of each month, but we do not want to take one second away from our special guests this week. Uh, the f- we're going we're gonna to start off this week with our, our fall movie preview because we have uh, movie review extraordinaire on the line with us here. One thing I do want to do real quick, Colby, if you, if you don't mind, take a couple minutes and let, you know, our listeners know who you are, what you do about your show, which I listen to um, now. And it's, I got something funny to tell you about, you know, what I found a pattern in your podcast that I absolutely love. So go ahead and tell everyone about yourself. Yeah. Well, um, it's been an amazing journey that I started a little less than a year ago. I figured I have so much time on my hands and I love talking about movies. I think I need to put that to good use and start up a movie review website that started out as a hobby and quickly has turned into something more. And it's been an amazing journey. And uh, you can definitely find all of my written content at ColbyToldMe.com. And pretty much I started up the Colby Told Me podcast where I get to kind of amplify my movie reviews and just do it whenever I want. I love it. I just shoot the shit and I am a subjectively objective film critic. Um, I really try to take the stuff out of uh, film critique and I try to add a blend of just Colby, still with the blend of really like uh, great 
discussion of, of film reviews as much as I can, but just have try to have fun with it. Um, I never go into a movie trying to hate it. It's stupid. Um, I, I go into a movie loving it. And honestly, I have seen 95% of the films that have come out this year. So I, I set a goal for myself. I wanted to see every major theatrical release in 2019. I'm 76 movies in. And it's been fun. I've been playing catch up and I've got a whole lot more to be able to watch. Of course, you can follow me on all the socials on Twitter and Instagram at Kobe told me and on Facebook. If anybody still uses that at Kobe Mac. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One thing about your your podcast that in, you know, when Greg told me about it, I'm like, oh, you know, of course, anybody that's going to, you know, help us with, you know, of course, I'm going to support and listen. And so I listened to it. And the first one that I jumped into, I think, was your review of Spider-Man. Mm. And I was. You hear that? You hear that, Mike? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what's funny. But the the first thing that I just want to say that I heard on your your episode today was your line that you said you just went into Hobbs and Shaw, and what you try to do is you just turn off your mind and enjoy a movie. And that's what I've been trying to tell this knucklehead. Go into a movie, and Who I don't the fuck care. Who are you talking to? You. To oh, okay. And and we'll get. I don't know if you know or not, Kobe, but Greg's got rules in movies. He does. He's very big on rules. This is this is all I want when I go to a movie. I don't care what your rules are. Uh, if you said if you put a universe together, and you say up is down and, and down is up and and white is black and black is white, that's fine. I don't care. What I don't like is when you get halfway through the movie and you've gone up is down, but now because you're too lazy of a writer, now all of a sudden up is up, just for like thirty seconds so that you can have something happen. You know, one one of my favorite things is Die Hard. The first Die Hard is one of my all time favorite movies. Right, absolutely incredible. Sure. But that scene where he falls down the elevator shaft and he catches himself with his fingertips on the air vent—that's, come on, that's bullshit. I let that, it go. Uh, yeah, yeah, you do let it. I go. let it go. I go. That's <laughs> crap. And then I continue watching the movie. You know I why I let it go? Because that's John freaking McClane. That's why. <laughs> come out to the coast, have a few drinks. So anyway, Colby, that, that that's I just it it stuck with me because like when I go into a movie, I literally and it doesn't take much. I go in absent-minded and just let me forget about life for two hours and just take me somewhere fun. And I don't care what you know how crazy it is, but when <laughs> the thing about your podcast I love the most, even though you had some issues with Spider-Man, that I was like, God damn it, why is he saying this? The <laughs> the music in the background made me so comfortable. I was like, I can't be mad at this guy. I, I, <laughs> the, the first time I listened to Colby, I said to Greg afterwards, I said, it's like a movie review, but it's jazz. This <laughs> is this is a true story. I, I One of my favorite musics is, if you, musics, I, I'm going to learn English next week. One of my favorite music is jazz. I love jazz. And it's not so much fusion jazz or new jazz, but I love the old jazz, like Charlie Bird Parker and Chick Corea and Wynt Marcellus. And I know he's newer, but I love it. And... When I listen to your podcast, I want to take my shoes off, put them up, and grab a glass of bourbon. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I'll make it. I'll make it even more uncomfortable. When I listen to his podcast, oh, it's no. almost like he's lit a candle. He's just tucking me in. He's just telling me a nighttime story. Like, I, hey, I, you I just go want you to. I just way. want you to relax and just go to sleep in a great mood. I like it. I how, love that. How did you come that up is, with that? Honestly. Because I'm not the most technically inclined, it's a very like simple little, uh, you know, sample music that I put inside of the Anchor app, and I was trying to find something that wouldn't be off-putting that sounds like me, and then because of my cadence, I can kind of do a couple of things with it. Um, I I am a classically trained actor, so I try to do my best with what's going to be 
pleasant and depending upon how the review's going if i'm being a little bit more stingy if i'm being a little bit more relaxed the music tends to be like a good middle ground for anybody so still some room to be able to play and tweak with but i'm glad you guys are loving it i think it's original i think it's cool and i i don't think there's many people podcast wise that could carry a podcast by themselves as well as you do um and and granted they're not overly long they're usually it's i think the average is about a half an hour and it's It, I, and I listen to it in the car now, and it's a perfect way to, to get through a drive, and you do a hell of a job, and just wanted to make sure you knew that. Oh, fuck. Thank you, guys. Goodness gracious. Listen, 20, I, 20 bucks should be in the mail tomorrow. I do, yeah. <laughs> I, I do need to say this. Uh, when we are done with this, you and I are going to have to have a discussion about Brightburn, though. Oh, shit. Hey. I'm fine with that. No, <laughs> I. You know what? You know what I like. I like when you talk to somebody about something and and you listen to something. And and I I really like Spider Man Far From Home. But if you've listened to us, you know that Spider Man is my favorite Marvel character. Um, yes. I went into it, you know, wanting everything, and I was super happy with what I got. But as I'm listening to you, and you're like this and that, and I'm like, fuck that guy. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's but it, the beautiful thing about it. It's like the the one thing, and you know there's all these different Twitter circles and I'll say that film Twitter has been, I'll say it's been pretty eye opening. Sometimes Twitter gets a lot of shit unfairly and sure. sometimes it gets shit completely fairly. Um, I will say it's easy for me cause I'm a man. Like if I'm a woman, I probably get a bunch more shit for my film reviews, which really sucks. But it's been really great that, you know, I've had this opportunity every dialogue that I have. And even if there's been, you know, an opposing opinion, Look, I have no problem engaging completely respectfully, you know, and I love to be able to talk shit, but I do it in a way that I'm, I, it's it's all from a place of just love and let's just celebrate, you know, movies and sports and all these different topics of discussion, you know, like I'm not trying to like kill anybody over it. Oh, I can't believe that you dislike this movie. Right. Nah. And then if I do say something, I really want to back it up. But ultimately, it's about how a movie makes you feel. And there may have been something inside of Spider-Man Far From Home that's like, you know what? These are the expectations I had. And it met those expectations. And I can never take that away from you. Um, you know, th- there's only certain elements in film that's absolutely 100% concrete objective. Everything else is all art, and that's purely subjective. Yeah, I agree totally. And I think that's why we were so excited to talk to you is because even when you have something you may not totally like as much as you were hoped, like you give a good, thorough example of why. And it's not – it doesn't go off the rails. Like it's not like like you said, oh, son of a bitch, you ruined this movie for me, blah, blah, blah. It's – you just it's it's a nice discussion and in these days that's tough to find yeah yeah we 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 need, we need more i literally just got finished recording uh, um another little bonus episode i'll, I'll kind of tease it here uh for elita battle angel and i just I, I got finished i bought the blu-ray last week and i'm just like damn okay i haven't seen it yet and i'm watching that this weekend for sure you know what did you already buy it are you gonna rent it i i have it Oh, you have it? Okay. I have it. Because if you didn't have it, I was going to send the movie to you. Oh, okay. So, spoilers, you liked it. To to step back just a second, I do feel our society has lost the ability to discuss things. Uh, Too much of it is always, I'm right, you're wrong. I I love having a discussion with somebody. And even more than having a discussion with somebody, I love being proved wrong. Everybody has their preconceived notions when they walk into something. But, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody can say, well, this is why you're wrong and, like, show me facts, I like that because that makes you a better person. Uh, yeah. I like, I like that, pe- that you're willing to talk about it. Yep. Well, well taste, yeah. taste is subjective. Yeah. And, but, but film, it, as a medium, as an art form, does have rules. You have, you have dialogue yeah. and you have you hear that, Mike? There's rules yeah. to some people. You have act <laughs> structures. You have everything else. But 
whether or not you like it, whether or not you it resonates with you to 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 say what Colby says is is all subjective. For sure. So one thing that we've talked about in the past couple of weeks, actually the past couple of months, Colby, and I just wanted to get your take on this real quick before we jump into our Michael Jordan discussion. Um, I thought we were talking about the boys. Oh, we are going to, okay. for sure. Okay. The uh, Mike's already derailed our plans. Colby and I had a, a back and forth, a respectful back and forth this week over uh, Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Oh, yeah. So I did some homework. <laughs> but we, we've Here been talking about um, <laughs> streaming services and cable and stuff. Where are you at with that, Colby? Do you still have cable? Are you considering switching to streaming? Because I don't know if you saw the news with the Disney, Hulu, ESPN Plus deal that came out yesterday, which so, is pretty impressive. I got to be honest with you. It, bl- it blew me away. Um, you are speaking to a gentleman who worked for seven years at Comcast. Um, I was a manager for an inbound sales uh, center. So uh, one, more than likely one of my agents, if you needed service, <laughs> I was the one telling them to sell it to you. And I've been a part of high level discussions about the streaming wars and the, it would suck. I hear people all the time say, oh, I don't watch TV. No, you do. You just watch <laughs> it differently and, that, and it's fine. It's, it's fine that you do. Um, man, it sucks. I missed out on an opportunity that I had a very good stake in Netflix when it was like just a, you know, a DVD delivery service. And then they switched up their structure. And then I backed out and took my money back. And now I really regret it because they're yeah. making a bunch of money. But I, right now, Netflix is probably shitting bricks. Um, what Disney is doing, it is, man. So obviously I'm a sports guy. Right. Me too. And, and that's, Disney that's my Plus, biggest concern. ESPN Plus and Hulu for a dollar less than what Netflix is, and that are keep in mind that price point for uh, for twelve ninety nine for this bundle, that's including um uh, you four uh, K right and and, and ESPN plus yeah so it's it, I I mean Disney obviously has the cash to be able to do whatever they want I was going to get the service regardless just for the you know the seven dollars for Disney plus sure I already have Hulu and like I've always wanted ESPN plus because I think some of those magazine articles are great but I'm like ah. Like I spent extra six bucks just for the magazine, but now it's like I'm going to. <laughs> it's, it's... You have you have a young daughter, right, Kobe? Colby. Say it again. You have a young daughter, right? Yes. Uh, I, it's my understanding that when Disney Plus launches, all the Disney movies go into the vault. Uh, they're going back into the vault. That's what I've heard. That they're not going to make them available to buy. That you're going to have to be able to access them through the Disney Plus streaming service. I mean that that's smart in a way. I yeah. mean, because how makes sense. Like Colby, when's the last time you went out and bought a DVD or a Blu-ray? Oh, I bought it like three days ago. Yeah, I was oh, gonna say okay. twenty minutes ago. Shit, I'll leave <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big physical media guy. I I, I have too. been for a long time. At one point, there was a you know a point where my wife years ago was says, "Do we really need all of these DVDs?" And there was hundreds of them. And now I'm down to probably. 20 and that's you know marvel movies indiana jones collection lord Mm -hmm. of the rings it's just you know stuff that i have to have physically everything else it's just all you can find it digitally so easy now that i mean i can see why they would do that i mean it it definitely does make sense and because i i take my family to the movies we're at the movie theaters like i'm at the movie theaters probably like three to five times a week and then my wife comes and be like four or five times a month, same thing with my daughter. So there's not a movie that's come out for, for a child that she hasn't seen. So I got that in my back pocket. So if they do go into the vault and we have to have the service, well, then Disney is just, they just, they have another another uh, media slave. I will be shackled yeah. <laughs> to Disney and they, they'll take my money. And whenever the, the, like, I'll just buy the year subscription because I do not want them 
to get me nice and comfortable and like, oh, now it's $40. Right? Yeah, exactly. And and it's going to happen. I don't think it'll go that oh, high, yeah. but I uh, it's definitely going to go up eventually. But having Marvel and Star Wars alone, uh, I'm in. You know, I'm I, sold. I think the mindset that Disney has there was that all the new movies that come out, um, you know, I don't even like what's Onward or whatever that is, uh, the new one coming out for Pixar and, the, and all those Toy Story 4, the new movies that are released – when they come out, there's going to be a window that you can buy the, the DVD Blu-ray 4K. But once that happens and that window goes away, you're not going to be able to buy Cinderella anymore or uh, you know Snow White. I think that's what they, their, pro- their thought is because they don't want you to buy a DVD and be able to watch it whenever you want. They want you to have to pay $6.99 a month to access the library. So basically, Colby, go out now, buy everything you can, wait a year, yeah. put them on Craigslist. You're going to make a killing. Well, unless Disney, because the only thing that he- has me hesitant, kind of hesitant about that, is you know, on Netflix they bring movies in, they take them out, they bring them back in. Is Disney going to do the same thing? I, if I there's something I, I love a lot, and it's like when we do Christmas movies or Halloween movies and, and things like that, I want them when I want. I'd be shocked if Disney is not on there that it stays there. Yeah, I, I think that their their whole mindset is is the reason that you're getting Disney is so that you can have the Marvel content and the and the cartoons and stuff, yep. but also the fact that you can now watch any Disney movie you want, whether it's Lion King, live action Lion King, Snow White, Maleficent, whatever. I want it for three days straight. Yep, for sure. Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure you're familiar with that, right, Colby? Having a daughter. Uh-huh. She literally has watched this new this new Descendants movie every night at eight o'clock since Friday. <laughs> oh, that's the Descendants three just came out, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just like yeah. me. It's just like me it. with The Office. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah. what I go to sleep to every night. <laughs> I got a uh, my my son is now twenty one, uh, but I remember when he was a little guy, he was a a huge huge Toy Story fan, mm. and there was a point at that time where I was having to work on weekends, and my mother would watch him, and she I would come home, and I'd be like. How many times did you see Toy Story today? And she's like, five. <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah. I, I love you, Mom. Thanks. So, yeah, yeah, I think we all agree that it, it's heading in that direction. So, Colby. Here we go. I want you to tell me why you think LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time over Michael Jordan. So, what I won't do is talk as if the Michael Jordan is a bum. Because you know what I hear oh, with sure. the argument? Yeah, because the argument, anytime that comes up with LeBron, you know, v. Michael Jordan, what I hear is that, oh, LeBron's a bum. He's not worthy to be in the conversation. And I completely And then you just end that conversation right there. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm <laughs> like, with you 100%. Yeah, because I, I, I don't see any value in that. You've already made it so resolute that, you know, there's if, if Michael Jordan is the absolute pinnacle and there's nothing that will ever come close – then there's no point to even have the conversation. But what I find unique is that we always get drawn back to it, which lets me know that there's something inside of LeBron's legacy that validates it. Because you don't have this conversation with Shaq. You don't have this conversation with AI. You know, a lot of people are frustrated that there wasn't the conversation to be had with Kobe, but there's something about LeBron. And because I grew up a pro football fan, an uber fan, not saying that I wasn't into basketball, but growing up in Miami during the 90s, you know, I was a Heat fan. You know, I, I grew up that I'm supposed to boo Jawan Howard. I was sitting in the Zoe zone. I had Tim Hardaway, and I had a lovely time in the 90s then. Right. And I loved that style of basketball. And I absolutely had a lot of respect and reverence for Michael Jordan because he played ball very differently. Um, and 
it was great. But then when I saw LeBron James and I heard about him, I was like, yo, this guy's a football player playing basketball. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's smart. He's freakish. Like, he, he, he's an absolutely, like the way that Stephen A. Smith, he's a brick house chiseled and dented. Like, yeah, exactly. you know, it's, it's it, it, I don't want to say it takes my breath away, but like when I see the man work and I, I've seen, I've, I've been to a couple of live games and it's just I, everything that he does, I just love. And he is my favorite basketball. I believe that he's the most skilled basketball player of all time. But I think what frustrates people is that it's kind of like those expectations. Well, he's not the way that I want him to be. And because of that, he'll never be the Michael Jordan because the Michael Jordan is the, the end all be all. But, you know, when it comes to like people that are knocking LeBron in regards to losses and stuff like that, well, if, if that's what it's going to come down, it's going to be a purely rings argument. It's crazy. You know, it, it, it's absolutely crazy. But Russ has more rings and stuff like that. You know, right. oh, but he, he's six for six. Okay, I mean, that's great. So, like, uh, uh, apparently losing in the finals is worse than never getting to the finals. I, I reject that. Like, right. that just, in my mind, I, I can't fathom it. Um, and it's not just down to, oh, who shoots the ball better? Michael Jordan shoots the ball better. Um, who won more games? Well, right now, LeBron's won more games, you know, compared and has more to go who's won more finals yeah michael jordan's been able to done that but i put a little bit more weight in the finals that um that lebron has won uh, versus michael jordan michael jordan had the benefit of playing an area that yes played an aggressive style of basketball but also it's who he played in the finals that if we stack up any of his opponents in the finals to any of the opponents that lebron played in the finals lebron has played against some like really killer teams you know, yes, so I, I will agree. However, and, and this is one of the things because, like you said, this discussion happens so much, but I wanted to dig farther into it as, and, and say why. Like, in the whole basis of this argument is you're first, first of all, you're comparing two different eras of basketball, which isn't fair. In the 90s, I grew up a Pistons fan, so I had the bad boys, the Celtics, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Knicks. I mean, the league was so deep when Michael Jordan played, it's not even comparable. And in the 90s, this is a crazy stat, more teams won 50 to 60 games in the 90s than any other league in, the, in NBA history, which is nuts. In the league, I feel, is way deeper. The game was way tougher, more physical. Hell, Jordan got so sick of getting beat up by the Pistons and the Lakers and the Celtics every year, that's what caused him to start working out and getting bigger and getting stronger, and that's when he took off and – Absolutely. Pun intended. Um, And it it is. It's a fun argument. I just think what Michael Jordan did compared to what LeBron has done, the two biggest reasons, and I got all these crazy stats that are just nuts compared to Michael Jordan and LeBron, two different eras. Jordan did it in a much tougher, much, much deeper league, which makes it more impressive. The league now was so watered down. It's such a baby league. It caters to stars. The referee, you know, the calls and stuff are – you. You got if you you're gonna shoot free throws in the '90s, you're gonna earn them because you're gonna get knocked on your ass. And that oh, yeah. and that doesn't happen in the league anymore. And I just think that's when you, if you're gonna compare these two players, you have to look at the the way the game was played respectively. And to mm-hmm. me, that makes everything Jordan did way more impressive. Not to take anything away from how good LeBron is, I just think it's he wouldn't have succeeded as much in that league because of how physically demanding it was. I think LeBron James is the is one of the very few players in this era that actually would have succeeded equally in the previous era. Every player is going to adjust their game based on what the style of play is. The reason why watching James Harden is so frustrating is because he's fully aware of how the game is being played 
and he's absolutely manipulating it to his biggest advantage. Well, the best he's stars are. Enough. Yeah, and he's skilled enough to be able to play without having to, em- I mean, embellish and and do all this stuff. I, I honestly, he's <laughs> the, the the carries and the double dribbles that he does. I don't understand. I feel like he has like a like a sports scientist Crazy. that helps with some of these moves because I don't understand how he's allowed to be able to pull it off. And, you know, and <laughs> I think these players are smarter. I, I say this in regards to errors. I believe the players in this era are way more skilled than the players in the previous era. I can get with that. I just like the toughness of the players before. Oh, way, yeah. way tougher. I get, I, I completely understand. Like, yeah, if you're going to go ahead and put, you know, an enforcer like Charles Oakley, you know, down, you know, down on the block and stuff like that. Yeah. You're going to beat on your ass. And I mean, j- just like you were a Pistons fan. Like I, like literally like the Jordan rules were there for a reason, but I also feel like there was a, there was a lot more around um, that was supporting Jordan. Like Jordan had the benefit of never not playing. Well, not, not saying never not playing for all of his wins, playing with a hall of fame coach. And we don't put enough stock into that, you know, playing with a hall of fame player in Scottie Pippen, not saying that LeBron had it, but when I look in regards to the teams, like what I hear a lot of the Knox for, Oh, he's three and six. Let's analyze these six losses, which for some reason is really, really bad that he right. got to the pinnacle of where we're supposed to be, but we're going to detract it away. In 2007, when he played against the uh, San Antonio Spurs, but at that time, you know, had already been world champions with a Hall of Fame coach and playing with three All-Stars. Who, who, do you know that team that LeBron drug all the way to the NBA Finals? He, we're, we're knocking him for not winning when he never was supposed to be there. It was too early, right? Yeah. It, I'll, I'll so, give you that. You know, and then I will say his biggest failure, if you want to call that, is what, you know, him joining up with the um, with the Miami Heat and then losing to the Dallas Mavericks. What we fail to understand is that that Dallas Mavericks team, they're like a team of, 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 of destiny. We don't we forget who they beat along the way. They beat the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers. They beat the the uh, uh, the, the rising talent in the Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder. Sure. They were watching everybody. And let me tell you, Dirk. He missed two free throws the entire um the entire like uh, postseason. It's absolutely insane. So like that was a solid team. And were they a bit older? Yeah, but they also had a Hall of Fame coach that I truly believe that David Carlisle is going to end up being. And you know, with the other losses, oh, I hear Skip Bayless. Oh, fucking Skip Bayless. I hear oh, him. Talk- I agree. Oh, Amen, sir. Does anybody yeah. actually like Skip Bayless? Greg, do you, you know even what? listen I, to Skip Bayless anymore? No, no, I I do. I I listen to Skip and Shannon every day, and it's only because I appreciate some of his takes, but he's like impossibly resolute and like leaves no wiggle room in anything that he does. But he would say that the Spurs beat the Miami Heat in a record margin, but then fail to admit that. I mean, it's it's a it's a team sport. D Wade was playing on one knee. Chris Bosh never fully integrated inside the offense to be much of a contributor the way that we always wanted him to be able to be. And then obviously because of the amount of money they're paying with those stars and granted, that's what they chose to do and kind of taking that much of the cap, you know, you didn't have enough equity going to other players, but we also have to depend on other players stepping up. Yeah. Top coach the hell out of that 2014 team. And that, so I, and that always reminds me of when Isaiah beat the Lakers on one foot in the entire fourth quarter in, in, in the finals, which to, to this day, to me, is probably one of the most impressive performances in a finals I've ever seen with what Isaiah was able to do against that team. Yeah. Crazy. No, you're right. and, and I'll say this, and honestly, anything that happened after, like, Katie, I completely throw out. Because, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, there's, re- there's really not a way to compete. When, when Katie decides to join, you know, the best team in the league after that team beat them, then there's not there's not really much you can be able to do. So I, I can I can I can knock holes in anybody that tries to like you know uh, uh, 
you know, disvalid, invalidate, you know, what LeBron has done. Yeah. But I get it. I'll say this, you know, um, he is my favorite player and my best player of all time. And I still believe that there's room for him to bust Los Angeles Clippers ass this year and absolutely get another two rings. And I'll say this, if he finishes his career with all the accolades, the entire legacy on and off the court and ends up finishing with five rings and let's say seven finals losses, the dude has spent more time in the finals than out of it. Yeah, sure. I get it. And the I, I, to wrap this up because Susan's oh, no, no, asleep. no, I, I get a chance. <laughs> oh yeah, Greg's get a chance too. <laughs> oh no, no, I want to talk about the boys. The one th- we're going to. That's next. <laughs> the one thing I think that a lot rubs a lot of people the wrong way with LeBron is like, it, which really for me personally, it's just like it made me just really not like the guy. Jordan never claimed to be the best. Never claimed anything. He just wanted to win. He just played. Yep. The night that LeBron comes out and says he's the best in the league's ever had, he's the best ever, blah, 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 he goes out and shoots 13 again, 13 for 32 against Golden State and just totally shits a bed. And it, it's just that don't, don't tell us, just go do it and go show everybody. It's He's always had to almost validate himself you know, for, for that. And I was like, nobody needs to hear it. Just go do it. This is, this is what I have. Plus, I, he's I from Ohio, this so <laughs> there's that. This is how I feel about it. I feel that anytime anybody looks at you and says, you know, such and such rings and such and such rings, I think rings, uh, the rings argument, no matter what sport you're in, is complete horseshit. Because Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring and Dan Marino does not. Don't tell me mm. Trent. Don't tell. Don't tell me Trent Dilfer is a better quarterback That's than Dan Marino. That's a valid point. Right? The second thing is, it is so hard to compare players from different eras. That's like saying Sonny Jurgensen's not a good quarterback because he only threw for 800 yards a year. Yeah, but you know. The league, the league average was 400 yards a year. Right. I just knew it would be a fun discussion. Yes, with no, Goldie. it would. This is yeah. how I, this is how I look at it. I look at I look at LeBron James, and LeBron James is a. It's almost like he's a Terminator. He is so far biologically ahead of 99 percent of the players that play basketball. He is an elite basketball player at this stage of the game, above everybody else. But when you look at the rules. And the way they were when Jordan played and LeBron plays. Now, if LeBron drives a lane and somebody breathes on him, it's a foul. When you watch Jordan or Bird or Parrish or any of those Thomas, any of those guys play back in the 80s, <laughs> they were literally taking elbows to the mouths, losing teeth, and them going, ah, we got to review this. They didn't have review. That's right. me being sarcastic. It's so super hard to compare those two guys. Both of them at their times were the peak NFL or NBA player. And I, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I watch LeBron. I don't know if I can enjoy watching him play because when you watch him play, it's like watching Randy Moss play against a defensive back. It's like he's a man among men. He's or boys. He's so incredible. It's almost like that's just not fair. Yeah. In, in my last, in my last point on this, and I'll, I'll, I'll end it here. The, the thing that I think hurts LeBron in this whole crazy discru- discussion is he's just jumping team to team to team. Jordan That's just for, the era, though. Jordan played Chicago the whole time. Yeah, he played. Play, he had that stint with the Wizards or whatever. But it was the, again the league was different. But jumping from team to team and chasing all this stuff and recruiting players and stuff that didn't happen back then. And to me, it, it's just another you know, it it just detracts it a little bit. 
But it's, that is not that his. is one hundred percent what sports is about today. Going I, I where you're going to make the most money you get. There's there is no loyalty. It. It's just like if uh, Kevin Durant's you, a perfectly good example. Yep, it's like where you're working at right now. If you, another company competitor walked up and offered you double what you're making, would you take it? Hell no. I yep. love my work. Fucking a right, you'd take it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. I appreciate that, Colby. I I was looking forward to that all week, and it all was. Right. Uh, hey, hold hold on, Susan. Are you awake yet? You awake? I, I just want to know who's Elaine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> So, Colby, did you watch the boys? Oh, my gosh. Did I? I watched the hell out of it. Let's, <laughs> let's get into it. Nowhere near enough boobs. When's the last time you saw a show <laughs> like this that gills, hit baby. you that hard? <laughs> Literally. Man, it's, it's, <sighs> I'm trying to really think. Like, a show that just, for what this, I didn't know anything going on. I, I, was, I didn't read the, you Me know, neither. the little, the comic strip. So I, I, I heard about the show a long time ago and, and I'm a big fan of Seth Rogen and, you know, his producing partners. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to check a look, take a look and see. I think I've seen almost every superhero inspired. I'm a big superhero fan. So any superhero, anything I'll since do. like I, five years old, I watched, yep. you know, and this show just completely like, I have not had my jaw like just like hung open as much as I've watched this series. And it's so, I love the fact just quick eight episodes, um, I said that this is the second best superhero series that I've ever watched. What was number and one? Can number I... one is still Daredevil for me. I've, okay, I was going to guess Daredevil. Or, first or season Punisher. or second season? First season. First first season is it's 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 almost perfect. Yeah, it's, it's pretty it's solid. Almost, you know, um, but when I say in regards to the series, yes, the sec the, the the second half, the actual the Punisher part of second half of the Daredevil series is excellent. And I didn't mind the Electra stuff, honestly. I, yeah. I really didn't mind at all. The third season. It just felt tough because you know it's like they were trying to like it, but it's still really really good. Um, but and it's really close. Like it's a it's a really close like a one A one B. But what the boys did, I mean, like you got you. Let me ask you this, re- yeah. re- real quick, because this is what stands out to me the most. I turn it on, I start watching it. You know, um, what's his nuts and his girlfriend are sitting there talking, and in that mm-hmm. first four minutes. I li- yeah spoilers. I'm not. I won't say what happened. I'll just say when it happens. I literally was like out loud, "What the fuck?" I could not believe what I just saw, and that was. I mean, what? What would you say? Four minutes in, about easily. And then I was instantly like, "Okay," and I felt like every episode had a moment like that or two. Yeah. Or two. Exactly I, I wanna, right. I want to watch this series with someone who hasn't seen it before. So any of our friends who are listening, give us a call so you can watch it. And I want to sit there and throw popcorn in their mouth whenever their jaw drops open because that is what you get with the show. Um, it is. It's so fun. Um, in, in, in this time where you hear like a lot of people say, oh, there's like, when are we going to get to the superhero fatigue? And, you know, I've heard some people say like, oh, man, these Marvel movies are very formulaic and they're very safe. This is the most unsafe superhero show ever. Um, it completely pushes a lot of buttons. And like the crazy thing about it is that if superheroes were like in our real life, this is exactly how they'd be. One hundred percent. You know, I thought that same thing about halfway in with Homelander. <laughs> like, well, this guy's a dick. Well, it's the, oh. it's the it's a corporate machine too. Yep. I mean, that just yeah. took everybody. They're their sports heroes. They're their movie stars. They're everything. These guys are rock stars. Basically, they cra- they cracked me up. And you know what? I went into the show knowing that the the superheroes were going to be tool bags, but mm-hmm. I did I did not realize that they were going to be tool bags that were being essentially paid. 
to be tool bags. That that first episode when Starlight was sitting at the table and the one guy goes, they're stealing our shit, and, and I have four points. And Adrian looks at him and goes, you have four points? <laughs> and somebody goes, yeah, and apparently a better lawyer than you do. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. What, <laughs> that was incredible. You know, uh, Susan found something out about the show as we were watching it. This is based on a, on a, a comic that is mm-hmm. uh, in, in England. And did you realize the first episode that Huey's dad was Simon Pegg? Did you know that the second you saw him? Oh, yeah. And his, okay. his, his English accent is not that great, but it's all right. No, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm looking at it going, that's Simon Pegg. And Susan's like, no, that's not Simon because his voice I was said, too oh, low. Oh, God, he looks like him, but that can't be Simon Pegg because yep. his voice was too low. It was just a different pacing. It's not the Simon Pegg we know. Right. So I pull, I pull it up, and I'm like, that is Simon Pegg. And she does some yep. research, and the comic was actually – comes about around the time of Shaun of the Dead, and the character, Huey character, was based on Simon Pegg's character in, in Shaun of the Dead, that style of human. And what? It, yes, it took them so long to develop it that they couldn't have Simon Pegg be the main character because he was too old, but he's like, I gotta be a part of this. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. How badass is that? <laughs> that is, man, like, I'm, I'm so, when I heard that even before it debuted, that it already got greenlit for a second season that I knew like, okay, it's gotta be something like really, really special. And it's great. I am an action junkie. So it satisfied my sensations for action. I love the banter. I love the humor. Um, and even though like, I, I have no problem with gore. This is gory as hell. It's <laughs> it was it rough. Is brutal. They went for it. <laughs> how about, how about Haley Joel Osment wishing he was still in the sixth sense? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was that, good to this, see him this, again in a role that didn't make me cry. Yeah, it's so great because they they completely lean in to these bonkers like character. What is his name? Me- Mes- the mesmerizer. Yes. Yeah. Shouldn't yes. work. It, it shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah, and he was good at it because you just see like a, a washed up TV star that just happened to have an ability, and they really yeah. and they really played that off. He's got you know a little one or two bedroom house, like living a what seemed like kind of a miserable shitty life, and it was just like. This is crazy. Yeah, and the, even the, the French dude, oh my God, like he really won me over. I thought he was going to be some throwaway character, but he's like, well, this guy's good. No, he's, yeah, he's one of my favorite characters of the show. I, and Jack Quaid is amazing because I, I didn't even catch the name and I was listening to another podcast and I, oh God, I can't, I hate doing this to other podcasters. I can't remember who it was. Um, but they were saying, you know, Jack Quaid, you know, Meg and Dennis's son. And I'm like, get out. You, you knew that, right? No. That's Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's son. I did not the know lead. that. Yeah, Wait, Huey. what? Huey? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid's son. Colby Dennis didn't Quaid's. know either. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Colby. Keep the fuck up, bro. <laughs> I'm looking at it know. and I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know either until somebody that I live with told me. <laughs> yeah. By far. I'm like, who is that goofy looking fucker? <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite character was easily Carl Urban. I, I've been a huge Carl Urban fan ever since I saw Dread. Dread. Ever since I saw Dread, I'm like, that guy is awesome. Dread, really is. Dread is an awesome movie, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I know. I absolutely agree. Did you catch that show that he was on with, um, I think it was with Michael Ailey? It was on Fox that canceled for one season. Um, he, he plays like a cop and his, 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 uh, cop is, his partner is a robot. I saw a few episodes of it. and It was actually very good, and I never, it was I, and I never got to finish it. Yeah, it, it sucks that it got canceled. But no, Carl, Carl Urban is really, really good. And I just I love his intensity all the way throughout. I think it's it's really, really good. And just, man, this show was incredible. And, and you're right, Susan. Like, I just, I want more people to tune in just so I can be able to talk with them. Like, so what you think? What do you, what do you right. think about that? 
<laughs> just watching the jaw drop. I mean, it's uh, you just holy. Every episode felt like it had one or two moments. You're like, did they that really just freaking happened? <laughs> yeah. And then you're thinking like, I mean, Amazon has some balls and it's crazy because I found out there's actually a scene that Amazon cut. It was yes. too much. Yes. I read that article. Too Go much. for it, Colby. Do, Talk about it. Do tell, sir. Oh my God. So apparently they shot, they shot, they actually shot the whole scene. But then when Amazon just said, no, there's no fucking way that we can have this. Since <laughs> I, I think, I think it's after like episode two or three. And honestly, at that early in the series, I didn't know what Homelander's deal was. I knew he wasn't like a great guy, but I didn't know, is he a bad guy? Cause like the deep, he's like a pervert. And I didn't know if like the Homelander was something similar, but then you really start knowing what he is and what the relationship is between him and Stillwell. And then apparently this cutout scene has him really feeling himself that he flies to the top of the Chrysler building and in all his glory starts jerking off over New York City, screaming out that he's the king of the world. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude. Well, let's not, they cut it. let's not forget the fact that in the show, when he was punished, they sent his ass to Ohio. I just, to me, <laughs> that, that. Is brilliant writing, sir. The savior of Sandusky. Brilliant writing. Um, yeah, season two. Now, see, it's tough to go in. I'm just gonna say right now, spoilers, because we've already said it, you know, enough on this. But if you haven't mm. watched it by now, pause it, go watch it, come back. But after the finale, one, what was your feeling, Susan and Colby? And then two, where do you go from here? Well, I, I think what what kind of drove you to kind of stay through some of this brutality is the mystery of it like what the hell is going on what is what is agent z what is or v or whatever it was right. called you know what's what the hell is going on so how are they going to continue that momentum superhero either, steroids <laughs> yeah or either like flesh it out a little bit more so you get involved that's that's my only concern is are they gonna like go into the sophomore slump i don't think they are and I, th I hear that Seth Rogen is actually going to have more of a part in it, like an acting part okay. next season, which would be good. Uh. But there's a lot that's that's still unexplorable. You don't know who, what was his name? Black. Black Noir. Black, Black Noir. Noir. We don't know anything awesome about him. There's a lot left between Homelander and Maeve um, in terms of. Hold on a second. <laughs> Greg is now Greg, back in Greg, the room. Greg was trying to get <laughs> in behind me. There's not a whole lot of room in the podcasting room. Um, it, and, and, you know, the, the state they left the deep in is just, you know, you don't know if he's going to try to go for a redemption arc or anything like that. But I, I'm, I'm in. I'm Again, in. stuck in Ohio. <laughs> so um, y your, your thoughts on everything, Colby, what did you feel? And where do you go in season two? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was really unique because – in the last couple episodes, you're trying to figure out who really knows what. I didn't know if Stillwell was behind the whole thing right. or if Homelander was behind. And then you find out that Homelander kind of engineered this entire thing. He's completely diabolical. Um, and the actor, I can't, I can't remember his name, but like he's got the, the sickest, most twisted face. That and smile, some, that smirk. It's, it's that, 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 that slit kind of frog, like just dead psychopath. It, it, it works so good. Um, he's, he's really, really good. No, like Zach I, on Saved by the Bell. Oh my! That's you, guys, like. you guys, you guys catch those um those videos on Facebook? Zach Morris. Zach's is trash. the worst. Zach Morris is trash. Yes. Oh my god! I'm like, yes, he's a horrible human being. This guy is Zach Morris in like the worst parts of our federal government put together <laughs> with superpowers. It's nuts. 
Let me let me what? ask let me ask you this, Colby. You just said something, and and anybody who's out there listening who hasn't seen this yet, spoilers right now. You think Homelander put this together? He engineered this, or do you think that he realized at the end what had actually happened? That's what I think. I think he put, think he put it together because you know when he was talking about the Compound V, it's as if he had A Train run this stuff to know that where it was going to go, um, and. Because Stillwell, at the end, she was really shocked. She, I thought that I thought that their goal was to engineer terrorist supers to to get them to you know essentially be incorporated by the government. But she she seemed very shocked, so she had no idea. Yeah, it's I, I almost felt like it was kind of like a, a wrestling scenario where it was a work to put purposely put these bad guys in to get the superheroes over with everybody. Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, more I'm, public opinion. Those behind were them. the 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 terrorists. Go ahead. Well, what what kind of also uh, upset me, and it's good writing. It's good writing to do this, is when they gave some of that backstory uh, as to you know test tube baby growing in a lab, Homelander kind of deal. I'm like, oh, you bastards! You were letting me have like a little bit of empathy for this. Jerk. Almost. Yeah, almost. See, I think I think what was happening there at the end was that Homelander was just playing along because he was getting what he wanted and 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 got to do and treat people the way he wanted to treat them as far as saving America. But mm-hmm. the whole baby thing at the end, he didn't know about. I think the doctor and Stillwell were in on hiding that from him. Yeah, it, it, it definitely seemed kind of quick at where, you know, he just kind of found them. It was I feel super quick. Really, I feel really bad for Butcher. I, I don't like I don't know what I do. Um, I really thought that I, I believed that she was gone, and to find out that she's just chilling, and it's been what eight years? Yeah, and yeah. For me, when that when that episode ended, that's all I really care about now is what's going to happen between Butcher and the Homelander because that screwed up both of their lives, like in a oh, huge absolutely. way, both of them. This is one of my favorite things about that show, and like Susan said, this is great writing. Every person in that show is legitimately the bad guy and the good guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're, they're, they're all anti-heroes. Because you can't root for the butcher. Because he was literally going to blow up Stillwell's baby in that last scene. He was literally going to blow him up. For and, reasons. Yep. Yeah, for reasons. I'm, okay, okay, yeah, but you know everybody has reasons. I have reasons I don't want to mow the yard. That doesn't make them right. The only, <laughs> you know? the only person in that show, be funny, but. the only person in that show, I think that that's not the case with with Star- Starlight. Right. She just wanted to be good the whole time. Yeah, she got caught in the middle of something horrible that she wasn't ready for. No, so, I, well, no, I I actually think that's the case with the Deep too. I think he just let himself get jaded and and all that. And the, the thing that always dro- drove me crazy during this whole thing is even after his his fall. Mm-hmm. He's still wearing the goddamn costume, and I don't know if it's a matter of his gills True. or it's you know he just. I I'm like, why not put on? They never clothes, take dude? it off. Yeah, yeah. Star- Starlight's the only person who well, actually takes off her costume. It's he weird. fit right yeah. in in Ohio, though. It fits right in oh. Ohio, perfect. <laughs> and just so you know, Yo, Colby, the Ohio wait. jokes never stop here, ever. Oh, I love it. So here's, here's, okay, last question. My wife and I were watching, and we're seeing like he takes the chick back to, the, and she st- sticks his, her fingers. Oh. And, oh my god! Yeah, basically oh. just takes takes it just takes him to the, to town and says you're you're, I, you're gonna deal with it freak i'm not sure if that scene was supposed to make me horny or vomit I, i'm not quite sure which yeah, one it was, it was supposed to be cringy my ribs my ribs were hurting i just <laughs> for two days it, it really it was so it was uncomfortable it's it's weird like i can't get through uh that that euphoria series on hbo 
but for some reason I can get through this and, and I and I can't explain it. I mean, seeing what we saw with Popclaw and her landlord should oh, just right? that that is cinematic gold, if you ask me. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I, I I was gonna say something, but I'll let it go. You've never um, seen a, a watermelon in a vice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean well, Col- Colby hasn't seen Backdoor Babes. Yeah, they, they lost me at You Like to Eat Ass, don't you? <laughs> it was, you're right, Colby. So, <laughs> that scene was just like, man, is th- there's officially nothing this show is not going to do now. The worst, yep. the worst part about that scene was you knew what was coming about 45 seconds before it happened. And you're like, Literally. Just please, please be done. Okay, so oh, oh. Marketing Angel said something to me a day after the episode, after, after it was over, we finished watching it, and I want to ask you what you thought, because I mentioned it to Mike on Sunday when we were watching those movies, and he looked at me like, oh my god. So the scene in the last episode where Starlight's at the benefit, where you see uh, Gustavo from uh, Breaking Bad Gustavo talking to Stillwell, Pig. yeah, and um, you find out who everybody is, and she runs to the bathroom and throws up. Is Starlight pregnant? That's what I, I honestly, I thought that. And it would be great. I think it'd be just another element right? to add to the show. Um, but it's it'd be curious. Now, what I'm trying to remember from the first episode, did she hook like what well, I don't say she shook up? What was she like did she give it to the deep or no? No, she had no. sex with Huey. No, she okay. she she yeah, did she things just... orally to the deep, but I think okay. it's just to try Can to you... be clear about I'm it. I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, yeah. the sitting member would like to know what you mean by orally. <laughs> he, he was getting his temperature taken. Oh God! <laughs> so yeah, because yeah, no, she that, talked that about that having something be... shoved in her face. So no, she, yeah, I think yeah. this is Huey's. If if she's pregnant, this is Huey's. Yeah, because they had the one scene. I guess it was season four or episode four or five where they went to the hotel and she was like, "How come you didn't take me back to your house?" And he's like, "My dad's a kind of a weirdo." If you don't remember that scene, that's what happened. Yeah, 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 that's right. Okay, so yeah. No, I think that'd be great. That'd be just another element to be able to add on. It'll be fun. I was talking with someone on Twitter, and I'm like, man, if there was a way to get Nicolas Cage inside of this series, I think (laughs) if we could have a big daddy to be able to combat this. To quote quote Jack Nicholson, I'm sorry, sir. We're all all sold out on crazy here today. Well, that's the other thing, too, with season two. Are we going to see more of the, the head honcho at, um, what was the name of the Bot. Paper? Bot. Does Bot fall apart? Bot, right. Because, no, because if you get somebody that you, we know can act as much as a badass as, I Gustavo. don't know the actor's name, but Gustavo, yeah. I thought Elizabeth Shue was uh, great, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she, I mean, she was really, she was really, really good and still, still oh, hot. Oh, my gosh. But I, it's going to be interesting. I think that may be like a rotating role to kind of have this, you know, you know, I mean, has Cage done TV? He hasn't done much except for the little straight-to-video movies. Cage well, he's will, got he's got tax issues, so Cage I think he'll do, do anything that what, whatever he can pay the IRS with. Colby, yes, give him a I script. He'll do a movie off, for I'm you. Sorry. No, oh man, that's, a, that's a, you know what that that last thing he did, Mandy, it, the the horror. Um, they, they, Twitter yeah. and and the horror they joke about podcast and stuff like Doug that. They they love the it. They love it. Have you seen that movie yet, Colby? I haven't. Okay. So I don't know if you ever listen to Doug Loves Movies. Doug Loves Movies with Doug Benson. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Every time somebody brings that movie up, he has to tell this joke because it was in the movie. And the the joke is, knock, knock. Who's there? Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada who? Eric Estrada from Chips. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's the joke <laughs> in the movie, and he loves it. And I'm thinking, you know what? If that's what you're taking away from that movie, I think I'm gonna have to watch this at some yeah. point. Well, it's exactly. it's like a very psychedelic. Like I listened to the podcast called Evolution of Horror. I'm going through their back catalog, and what they'll do is they'll take a look at each subgenre of the horror. Like they did zombies and slashers and um, folk horror and things like that. So, but when other things come up and the horror fest come up, but they've been talking about Mandy and they can't say anything bad about it. I mean, it's over the top. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. You want to see me kiss some ass? Want to see me kiss some ass? Sure. I'm, I'm not going to listen to that right now. I'm listening to the back catalog of Kobe Told Me. There you go. Ooh, <laughs> yes, that Kobe Told Me. <laughs> At Colby told me, people. <laughs> All right. Actually, it's your boy, Colby. Right? Your boy. There your boy. it is. I was going to introduce you like that, but I didn't figure it'd come off right. We are, <laughs> yeah. we are way too Caucasian to pull that off. Are, are we ready to go into the fall movies? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Colby, geez, let us talk about what we called you for. Golly. <laughs> All right. So what we try and do here uh, is... Pretty much a couple times a year, we want to do like a summer preview and a fall preview, and we figured who better to do the fall preview with than our boy Colby. So uh, we the last time we did this, we kind of went through every movie as it was coming out, um, but I think everybody here has different things they're looking for. So between now and Christmas, what are the big ones you're looking forward to? Yep. Uh, pretty much right off the back, It Chapter 2. Agreed. Two, two hours, it. two hours and forty-five minutes. What do you think? That's about a that? long time for a horror movie. It really, really is. And you factor in that I'm going to watch it in Dolby, so that's another twenty-three minutes. It's yeah, it's going to be a a, a good one. Um, yeah. So it chapter two, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then also, um, uh, yeah, you got to do you got you got to do Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. Absolutely. So like those are. Those are like my big. Oh, and uh, Queen and Slim. Those are those are my big four. That's that's a pretty strong four. What was the last one? Queen and Slim. Yeah, with uh, David Kaluuya from uh, Get Out. Okay. Oh, I haven't I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard about that one. Very nice. Yeah, think of it's it's pretty much it's it it looks absolutely. If you get a chance to 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 watch the trailer, the cinematography is really great. It's a this uh, this young man takes his girl out on a date. They're driving, I guess, back home. They get pulled over by a cop, and essentially, it's one of those, um, you know, white cop, black, you know, uh, um, uh, driver uh, interactions that go wrong, and essentially, it ends up in a tussle. And David Kaluuya's character shoots the cop dead, and both him and his date are on the run. Wow. Um, yeah. So, there's another one. Since you bring that up, and it's I, I cannot wait for this movie, and it's not enough people. When I even mention it, people don't know anything about it. Twenty One Bridges. You know, what about? I do. So it's, um, you know, it's produced by uh, the um, the Russo brothers, the, the Russo brothers written and directed and, by. Yep. Right. Yeah. So um, it's got Stephen James. Obviously, it's got Chadwick Boseman. Uh, it's pretty much it's it's a night where this one particular cop who's got an axe to grind against cop killers wants to shut down all of New York to entrap these these thieves um, and pretty much kind of flush them out. Um, it looks like it's going to be some I really I'm really hoping for good action. It I looks think intense. It, it, re- it, it definitely does. Um, I, I'm, I'm really there's a couple of beats inside the trailer that I think weren't cut well. So I'm just really hoping that it's going to be better than like uh, was that we run the night. Yeah. Yep. That, that, that is a yeah. good pull, Colby. Nice job. Hey, um, what about you, Greg? I got several 
but I don't know if they're like well, I mean, y- uh, movies movies uh, that people want to see, or if they're l- what I'm looking for. I had to. a list too, but um, I Colby had three of the four for me anyway. Fair enough. Uh, you know what? I haven't seen it yet. I want to, but I'm 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 not a horror movie guy. Okay. Uh, blood doesn't bother me. Sometimes the creepy bothers me. I like a suspenseful movie. Like I, that's I, what I, it I, is. I love Halloween, the first Halloween. Um, those types of movies, I'm not into like Saw or you know Texas, Texas, you know Rob Zombie's version of Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre or whatever. I yeah, don't need, I don't need gore. I love a suspenseful movie. It and Colby, tell me if you disagree or not, but I don't think you can classify it as a as a gory horror movie. It it, it messes with your head. There is some gore, but yeah, there, there's not some a lot. Gore, it's 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 really unique. There's so much blood without it really coming from a person. They say that this movie, it chapter two, sets the record for most blood used in a scene in oh, a I horror can, movie. I believe that one, of the, one of the final scenes. So yeah, I there, believe it. There, there's there, inside of the first movie where pretty much there's a bathroom that's engulfed in blood. Yeah. No, I, I like I like Stephen King. Go ahead, hon. No, I was saying there, there's there are two reasons that I probably really do want to say it. James McAvoy. Yeah. And Bill Hader. Yeah. Yep. God, he's got such a great ass. But um <laughs> so <laughs> But it's not America's it's, it's, ass. Yeah. No, it's not America's <laughs> ass. One of the things that I noticed was the month of October, for the first time in a long time, has some movies that have the potential to be really good that are not like just straight up horror grabs. Uh October fourth, we got the Joker. Yep. Which we're all looking forward to, and we're gonna get to the DC thing here. Mike and I and Susan all want DC to succeed. We just feel like that they're kind of tripping over their own feet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, October 11th is Gemini Man. I don't know how good this is going to be, but I like Will Smith. It's Will Smith, so it won't suck. It, it, it might be average. It might be worth seeing. I don't know. That's that's the fu- that's that week. October 15th, I'm excited about Jay and Silent Bob reboot. 100%. So I'm going to go try to catch one of the road shows. Um, oh, yeah. that's so yeah, awesome. We're, we're hoping it comes to Tampa as well. Um, yeah, so on that, the 18th, that, go ahead, go ahead, Colby. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I actually, that's probably where I'm going to end up because I don't know if it's going to come over here to Atlanta, but I may just go down there and try to catch it. So if I'm down there and oh, we're all going to Sir, awesome. you better stop in if, if, if that happens. Yeah, there's, yes. a, there's a spare room here for you. You don't need a hotel, brother. I'm actually, I'm going to be in Orlando that weekend. That's my, uh, that's my father-in-law's. Uh, I'm going to go to Halloween Horror Nights um, uh, during that weekend, and it's, it's his birthday um, that particular weekend. So I will be in town. Well, it sounds like somebody needs to get together for some beers. We we, we may have to hey. figure something out. October yeah, October 18th is Zombieland Double Tap. If you're not excited about this movie, you have problems. <laughs> so I, I, I tweeted last weekend, what if I told you I've never seen Zombieland? I remember that, and I responded to that. I, I haven't That's seen okay. it either. I did. I haven't seen it either. That, I That's did okay. Watch- I watched Zombieland, and I'm about to uh, record a special bonus podcast uh, yes. for it. And I got to say, and I'll, I'll drop it here. I liked it. Um, it sucks that I missed the wave. Um, I thought it was really inventive. Um, it was definitely at that time where zombie films were like were great, and I'm glad that we're kind of coming back to it. It was a lot of fun. I love a kind of like how-to, this is a survivor's guide film, and it's it, it, there's not big plot to it, and it's really fun. It's really quick. It's got some engaging characters. thought it was a good time. What you know, did you think about the cameo scene with Bill Murray? That's the one that I've heard about, so I knew like it was coming. <laughs> I thought oh, it was shoot. cool. So, but I mean, it's one of those things where I can't get mad at a spoiler. It, after yeah, because it was so long. I, I got you. Do you know who has a credit in Zombieland uh, Double Tap? Is it Bill Murray? Yes, he does. Oh, it's he's going to be Murray. in it somehow. <laughs> you know the thing. The thing you said it doesn't have a uh, like a, a great 
story or whatnot. Neither did Shaun of the Dead. It's just about it's a zombie movie. I, I disagree. Do, it, oh, do, it, do, I think it, it Shaun have of the to. Dead had a little bit more of an A story because of like you know the, the love interest aspect and it started out there was a B story that was developed inside of uh, uh, Zombieland. But like I said, it's it's really it's okay. Not every film has to have like this big you know plot. Um, as long as it can be able to have some of the other elements that make it strong. If you give me strong, engaging characters and really good action or really good comedy, then it's okay if like it's a, like a teeter-totter there. Um, so I'm going to have fun with it. I, I'm excited. I like the trailer from Zombieland 2. I finally got a chance to watch it after I watched the original. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good month for October. Looks fun. Yeah, I, I think I need to see it. I, I had no interest in it because, one, I, I'm not a big fan of Jesse Eisenberg. Just not <laughs> at all. You hear that, Richard? Woody Harrelson I'm, steals the movie, so you don't have yeah, to Yeah, I, I love Woody Harrelson, so, you know, that might balance it out. But, you know, I was thinking, why Zombieland, you know, when I have Shaun of the Dead? And, a, and I think a lot of the people, what pe- a lot of people don't get about Shaun of the Dead is Shaun of the Dead does have a lot of English references into it, so you really don't get as much of the richness of what that is. True. Plus, that's one of my top ten. Plus, Scotty's in it. Um, yeah. Scotty. So <laughs> Um, there's a couple others that are coming out that I'm kind of excited about. Um, I'm I'm, intri- I'm intrigued by Knives Out, mm. just because of the cast. Oh yeah, there's there's a, a ton of people in that. Uh, I I like it. Um, let's let's be honest. Jumanji: The Next Level could be super fun. As fun as the first I mean, movie was, I'll definitely see. How it. do you not like Kevin Hart in, in anything? It, and it I better mean, be he, in Dolby. He could stand. He could stand and look at a camera for an hour and a half, and I'd probably pay for it. <laughs> um, hey, I've, right. I've, Yes. Uh, where's the other one? Uh, there was one more. Oh, uh, we did not even talk about Dr. Sleep. There you go. I, th- I was just going to remind you that that's coming out. What if I told you? <laughs> Stop <laughs> it right now. Don't Am I going to have to mute you right now? The Shining. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't you go there. You've never seen The Shining, Colby? Never seen The Shining. All right, here we go. And I'm, I'm, I'm calling my shot right now. You need to watch this movie, and you need to do, obviously do a review on it. And you, if you... Oh, I'm, Here, here's the deal. I can't believe that you haven't seen The Shining. <laughs> here's here's the deal, Colby. You're you're, you're not only going to have to see Kubrick's version. You're going to have to do the work and go to the 1990s miniseries version because this is going to use both of those. It's so Ooh. good. I will say that when I saw the trailer for Doctor Sleep, it made me very much interested to go back and watch The Shining. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, that is one on, on, yes, I will take the shows that that'll be my next, you know, uh, what if I told you? Um, so yeah, so I just got finished doing Zombieland 2. The Shining is up next. Be and, then, and then when you do that one and you end up loving it, you have to say, yep, Mike and Greg were right. <laughs> yep. And the so Shining, yeah. you might not like, you might not like The Shining at first watch. I think it takes a few, L- few me, watches to really, sorry. I'll give you my take on it. Uh, when I was overseas, uh, for Somalia, I read The Shining. Uh, the book, and I had only seen the Stanley Kubrick version, and I was shocked at how different Stanley Kubrick's version was than the actual book, and understood why Stephen King said he ruined my movie. But if you watch this, the miniseries that had Stephen Weber in it from Wings and Rebecca De Mornay, mm-hmm. this this miniseries should not have been on ABC. Okay, right. the shining, the shining, and Stephen King are not for they're not broadcast TV. They're not prime time. If we could go back, it should be on Netflix. And Netflix, Amazon Prime, anything like that. If if you could take both of those and mold them together and 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 follow the original story and get the suspense and gore that you got from the movie, it's it's like it's the best of both worlds. There's nothing there's nothing better. 
but each one of them has their redeeming qualities. And I love that they're taking the movie and they're going to pull from both of them. Um, the Shining is not a bad movie. It's just different than the book. And back then, you had all these people that are like, oh, it didn't follow the book. Oh, you're going to, whatever, man. It's And that's why I don't yeah. read books. It, <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the yep. reason. <laughs> Easy fix. Easy fix. Don't read the books. You won't be disappointed. But it's Kubrick. It's Kubrick is never going because look at Clockwork Orange. It's not the book. But that was brilliant. The last two movies I have for the fall preview are Midway because yep. I am a World War II buff. And 1917 looks just phenomenal. Unbelievable. Colby, let me ask you this. Do you play video games? When I... Not as much as I'd like. Not, not okay. PlayStation, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. At a boy. Jesus Christ. Battlefield One is a World War One game that I spent the better part of two years playing with a, a group of guys, and it made me so interested in World War One. I, I actually did go to the library, read books, and research that war because it was fascinating. All because of a video game. None, one, or, one or two. One. Okay. One. One is World War One, and it's See that, that good. In this 1917 movie, looks fantastic. That's going to see. Video games can be educational. See? All this time, my parents were saying you're wasting your time. Apparently not, bitch. I win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I had two that were not mentioned yet, and one is, I mean, people may laugh or whatever, Angel Has Fallen. I love that series with Gerard Butler. Um, great abs. It, He's it, got great abs. In great 300, abs. he does. In uh, <laughs> Colby, I don't know if you've seen it yet, D Den of Thieves with Gerard Butler. I have seen it. Um, Fun. Yeah. No abs in that movie, but still no, a no, no. scary badass. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I love that he's leaned in. Like, after he tried the little, you know, uh, rom-com stint and it didn't go over well with, like, The Ugly Truth and that one that he did with Hillary Swank when he was right. dead. Um, it, 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 I'm glad he leaned into because what was the, what was the one where like he just went on a murder shrimp was a um, he was like he was in prison and he got out with Jamie Fox law abiding citizen oh my loved it stay in your oh. lane bro right stay in your lane if you're good at just those movies stay in your lane do it so yeah I mean you know you know seeing you know Olympus has fallen London has fallen Angels fall I'm I'm excited for it I know exact thing is I know exactly what I'm gonna get and you know sometimes people give me crap because as a critic. I have, you know, I have a different scale. Like, so, you know, so, some people got rules. I think rules are okay. And I like to be able to turn off my brain, my brain and just let this movie just, just, just take, just take me over. Just do whatever you need to do. Give me some like explosions. Give me some good hand to hand combat and let the story be solid. And if it's not, you better deliver on some other area that just blows me away. Now, speaking of that, that brings me to my last one. Rambo, Last Blood. I know what I'm getting into and I want all of it. Yeah. I mean, I figure if you, if you've watched the Expendables. If you've watched the last okay, Rambo the, movie, <laughs> the last yeah, the last Rambo movie. Any of them? Like, yeah. What more can you ask for? Nothing. <laughs> just I again. You just hope you get him being unhinged and violent and smart, and it, it just. I, I just. I'm really looking forward to that one. Oh yeah. And it's gosh. not the last one. Let's not kid ourselves. One, <laughs> one more movie I want to bring up. Um. And I have no, I know nothing about this. And hopefully, with all your industry connections, you can help me out here. Zeroville. You know anything about this movie? I've never even heard of it. Zeroville. I Zeroville. I try to look for stuff on that because when you told me about that, here here are the people that are in it. Joey uh -huh. Joey King is first listed, but then it's Seth Rogen, Megan Fox, Will Ferrell, James Franco, Danny McBride, Dave Franco, Craig Robinson, Horatio what? Sands. Jackie Weaver, pretty right, much right? everybody. And there's no trailer. It, it, it's slated to release 
on uh, September. Oh, I got to find it yeah, here. September 20th. Yeah. Of this Sep- year? Uh, no, sept- uh, no, September 6th. It's slated to release September 6th. Of this year. Yeah. So like and, in less than a month. Or, yeah. Uh, in a, oh, yeah. And there's no trailer. I and, like and that. Like, and like the names of the characters are like Viking Man. Uh, Craig Robinson, his character is Burglar, which I think is racist, but whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's, this, this, it's the silliness that you see from these characters – but the the is is ridiculous. But the well, the description on IMDb is uh, uh, an actor comes to Hollywood in 1969 uh, during the turn of of the whatever. That sounds exactly like how they described Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, remember what huh. they remember what they did with This Is the End, how everybody played themselves brilliantly. Okay, I mean I I'm hoping that it's somewhere along that yeah, line. We are less than a month away with no trailer. But let me ask Colby well, his thoughts on this. A movie coming out that you know nothing about and you have not seen a trailer and it comes out in a few weeks. Do you like that or no? Oh, I, I love a surprise. I agree. Because honestly, if they don't show us a single second of the Rise of Skywalker movie, I'm still going. And I'd rather kind of not know what's going on. I would I, I would agree with that. Um, I'm when the tra- I know there's like there's a demand for the trailer because it creates content. And obviously for a lot of stuff, what we do, we need content in order to keep up you know, what we do. But um, like, I don't need to see any more. Like I'm going to go. Right. You, <laughs> you, you, you got my money after force awakens. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to go. This, this, if this is the actual ending of this Skywalker nine part, you know, series, then I really want to see it go off and then spur something new, yep. you know? Um, and I gotta be honest, I'm glad that JJ's back. Not that I had a problem with The Last Jedi. There's something there was there was stuff that I had a problem with, but overall I still found it to be a good movie. It still did some things that like I was like, wow, I've yeah. never been great. I don't care about the science. I, I I don't care if Neil deGrasse Tyson says, Well, if a you know if a ship was actually I gotta tell you this, when they turned that ship around and it jumped through the other one, I lost my damn mind. Uh, to- <laughs> totally agree. And if uh, again we- all the time. We could do a whole show on this movie, but my, my biggest problem was just what they did with Luke. You take that out of there, and it was a pretty decent Star Wars movie. I think I think Daisy, Daisy Ridley's performance in in both of those two movies was enough to keep you engaged. It, it was good, but I hope in this movie she doesn't look as clueless all the time. I hope she's got a grip on everything, and she knows what she's doing, and she goes after it, and she just does it with reckless abandon. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I still I, I really do love The Force Awakens. I think it was a great kind of reboot sequel to kind of get people back on track it's exactly what i wanted and it was beautifully shot yep so i'm excited this uh for, for this film but yeah we don't we don't need any more i mean granted i know for general audiences they may need stuff but i'm going to proactively try to like not you know catch the stuff so um i agree yeah but if, if a film sneaks up on me I'm all with it. If this is like an, an alternate tale of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with with this uh, zero bill, now I'm like really intrigued. Right. Damn it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I do. And, oh, you're welcome. That makes me want to know more about it because we know nothing about it. And let's not. I mean, the the cast says it says it all right there. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. All right. Well, I I guess let's go ahead and get to. I, go ahead. I got a couple that I just want to kind of bring out. There's there's four of them, and they all kind of fall into either horror or black comedy. Um, and one of them is, and I haven't, they've been talking about it on, on the movie festivals, but I haven't seen, they haven't a trailer put out for it yet is corporate animals. 
which has got Demi Moore. Um, who's the guy who played it? Andy Bernard. Ed Helms. Ed, Ed Helms. Yep, a few other people that, that, that that's supposed to be a black comedy. That's Nard Dog. The Nard Dog. Um, supposed to be really, really good. Um, there's another one that is put out by Fangoria um, that's a, a dark comedy horror movie called Satanic Panic, um, which looks absolutely corny and over the top. It's got Rebecca Romaine in it. It's got, oh, Jerry O'Connell. When have we seen him? How long Ooh. has it on been? On top of Rebecca Romaine. Right, on top of yeah. Rebecca Romaine, right? <laughs> all, like, oh, my husband's got to be in this thing. And I don't think he's in there for too long, but it's about, um, you know, this this woman who's trying to make money as a pizza delivery person, and she just takes this job to, that's out of the delivery range, and she's in this really rich neighborhood, and they find out she's a virgin, and it's a basically a satanic coven, so they decide they're going to keep her and sacrifice her, and she's got to try to get so out of So it's Ohio house. State. See, that's where, yeah. my, that's where my rules kick in. I, Rebecca Romaine is a virgin? Seriously? No, not Rebecca Romaine. Rebecca Romaine's the head of the cult. So oh, okay. She's, oh, she's not the ingenue We're anymore, We're supposed baby. to believe that Jerry O'Connell is a virgin? <laughs> no, he's not a virgin either. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, still thought we, I still thought we were talking about Rebecca de Hornay. Yeah. Oh, sweetie. Um, the other one that intrigues me is A24 is the Lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to forgive me for it. I mean, between the Lighthouse, between um, uh, the Irishman, like those. Yes. Yeah, the, the, yes. the, the Lighthouse, that, that trailer, it's it's really spellbinding, it, what it does. Oh, it's, it's creepy, it's isn't it? Let me, really unique. Let me ask you this, Colby. Um, I don't think Mike knows who's in the lighthouse. Do you, Mike? No, I've never even heard of it. It's Willem Dafoe and Sparkle Boy. Jesus that, Christ. But I think tell that's, that's going to open the door. Tell man. me that Robert Pattinson does look, doesn't look really good in this, Colby. He does look really, really good. He does. I got I got to admit. that. In, in, now, it's a trailer, and I hate trailers, but this guy looks like he might be pulling some shit off in what, this. What's the name of it? The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. All right. It's I about are two. You, it's are you not a Pattinson fan, Mike? <laughs> Not as Batman, Colby. <laughs> Let's just say this: I don't know the guy personally. All I know is I sat through Twilight. So, <laughs> I mean, I, it's hard for me to stomach him as a beloved character like Batman. But mm -hmm. again, who didn't think the same thing when we all heard Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker? I mean, the, it's it is what I'm. Of course, we're all going to see it. When I just heard the name, I was kind of let down, but. We'll see. To to give you some context, Mike, this is um, this is done by the same director who did The Witch. So this is a yeah. psychological horror. It's probably a slow burn. It's probably dark. He's it's probably gut wrenching. So he still sparkled in the sunlight. Yeah, but this will think. I think this will dirty him up a bit. All right. Get him to it. I I will check out the trailer. Yeah. To be fair. Um, the other there's there's I mean obviously Doctor Sleep and Joker, but the other one that intrigues me, but and I have to see the original before we see this, but in December, they are rebooting, Blumhouse is rebooting Black Christmas, which is the, one of the first of the holiday slasher films. So yeah. it may be a giant piece of crap, who knows, but, and I'll probably wait till it's on video or uh, whatever to see it. But I'll buy you a ticket and I'll watch a bowl game. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I, I can't rattle off all the movies they've done, but Colby, you may be able to expand on this. Blumhouse doesn't exactly have a bad reputation when it comes to movies. Well, they don't have a bad reputation when it comes to making money off of movies. Right. Uh, it's, 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 I, I will say this for every hit that they have, they probably have like two kind of like, eh, you right. know? Um, so like I, I I've seen, like like escape room great on paper oh, yeah, that's like, not good. Eh. 
but it made a bunch of money. I mean, when you when you can be able to churn out a film that's less than ten million dollars, it's very easy to make two two and a half times your budget sure. and then turn profit. Yeah, but um, the, this is a reboot, obviously. So it's yeah, it's a it's new. I mean, and it's and the original Black Christmas, even though it probably got shit reviews when it first came out, is now a classic. So, yes. What's funny about Black Christmas is I remember seeing it in Blockbuster all the time. <laughs> now that's the one. That's the one with Ernest, right? It's got Margot Kidder in it, doesn't it? No, oh, no, no, Jim Varney. No, Jim Varney. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. He that, uh, that was Ernest the same goes time to Ernest Christmas. To prison. Black Christmas. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have one that was I was borderline embarrassed to put on here, but I want to get your thoughts on it, Colby, because I saw. Oh the, yeah, Frozen Two. What's that? Frozen Two. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, my daughter's 16, so I w- I won't have to sit through it. So I'm pretty excited about that. Lucky you. I know, right? Um, Charlie's Angels? Yes. Uh-huh. When, I, when I saw the trailer, I was like, this, I didn't even know they were remaking it again, but this one looks decent. Like, I kind of want to see it. I don't want to see Kristen that Stewart. What it, What's it's, that? It's a, it's a film that knows what it is. It's going to lean into the action, into the comedy. It's not trying to take itself seriously. And if it does those things well, as long as it's a simple story, then it's going to be fun. And, and the reason I bring it up, and I, especially for you, Susan, because for years I have always said Kristen Stewart is the equivalent of a wet paper bag when it comes to acting. Oh, she's pants, man. But she's pants. She's in pants. this trailer, I thought she looked fantastic. Like, yeah. she had mm-hmm. some personality. She had some wit. She looked like a, bad, a legit badass with her Captain Marvel haircut. <laughs> I, it, this looks like a fun movie. Well, I to, mean, it's Charlie's Angels. It's supposed to be campy. Well, like right? you said, yeah. it, it is what it is, right, to Colby? Be fair, to be yep. fair, you can't judge Kristen Stewart's acting ability on Twilight because the character in the books was a wet paper bag. I mean, I mean, review is literally called her pants just because that's the personality she had. So maybe in the proper the role, ca- the oatmeal yeah. called her pants. Yeah, the oatmeal. <laughs> so maybe in a pr- in a movie that's supposed to have some personality, maybe she pulls it off. And we can never blame an actor for acting out what they're told to do because they didn't write it. Right. I mean, I like I I and uh, this is not on my guilty pleasure list for the top five, but I mean the the original the other not the original the original Charlie's Angels obviously was very camp because of the seventies. And then you had that reboot with Cameron Diaz and my and girl Bill Drew, Murray. yeah, and yeah, Bill Murray and, and Lucy Liu, which was um, chick fast and the furious. Yeah, it was. I mean, I got. I'm I'm like any other girl. I got a girl crush mm-hmm. for 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 Drew, but um, I have a girl crush for Drew too. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, but it it is what it is. But I mean, this will be interesting because one, it's Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks producing and directing, and two, it's got three Bosleys. So sure. Why not? Eh, There's a woman directing it. Elizabeth Banks, yeah, you know the one that pressure luck when you watched the other night. I'm yeah, out. she's doing that too. So. <laughs> I like out. Elizabeth Banks. I thought she was great in the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as bad as everybody made her out to be. I no, agree. It, it wasn't. I agree. It wasn't. Neither was Suicide Squad. I enjoyed it. All right, yep. so should we get to the list? Yeah, we should get to the list. Colby, you got your list. Are you ready? Got my list. Do you want to take a break? Do you want to continue? Oh, no, I'm good to go, guys. Let's All right, let's good to go. Let's do it. All right, ladies first. All your, right. Your number, that, no, that's well, you, Colby. All right, so, the, so when I look at, oh, Colby. Go ahead and explain what the list is. Now, okay, Susan. the list, well, what we're doing is our guilty pleasure movies. So that could be movies that you enjoy watching, but you may not necessarily want to admit that you watch them or you enjoy them to the people that you know. Or they could be movies that were just bombs at the box, box office, bombs with the, the critics. But people love them. 
Spoilers, so, I, ain't, I ain't apologizing for shit yeah. for my list. So, <laughs> so the way I structured my list is I actually tried to do them, you know, by their Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, and so number five has got the highest Rotten Tomatoes score, what I'm looking at. So my first one is Devil's Advocate, which has got a 67% Rotten Tomatoes score, which isn't bad. You can't knock that and it's movie, got though. A, it's got a... It's not a great movie. It's not. Al Pacino chews the scenery oh, so hard in that movie. All day long. All day long. And you've, and you've got Keanu Reeves trying to do a southern accent, which is bullshit. Yeah. What was that, Colby? It's one of the greatest movie monologues of all time. Oh, yes. yeah. That ending scene is just, that's, that's one of the reasons you stay for it. I, I mean, this, when this movie came out, I mean, they played it at, at once, once they got the rights to distribute it and stuff like that. They played it on TNT like all day, every day. And I cannot, when you had cable and you could flip through the channels, once that movie, once I found that movie, if that movie was in my flip through, I, I stayed on it. I stayed on it. There's something about that movie that just keeps me coming back. Um, so I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. You've got, um, you got Keanu, you've got Charlie Theron, you've got Al Pacino eating every, every inch of scenery he can. Um, you've got Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, you know, you got this small-town Florida lawyer being seduced by this New York firm, and oh, my God, he's the devil. So, oh, my God, he's the devil's son. Spoilers. So Let's be honest. If given the opportunity, wouldn't we all seduce Keanu Reeves? Oh, hell yeah. Whoa. Right? Whoa. It's freaking Neo, for God's sake. <laughs> it's John motherfucking but, Wick. Yeah. yeah. But that you're right, Colby. That, that, that worship that never. Yeah. Oh, God. Super good. That's my number five. So, Colby, what's your number five? My number five is Tank Girl. Woo! Oh, wow. wow. There's, a, there's a poll. Originally a graphic novel as well. Nice. I got to be honest with you. When I watched this, I was at the right age. Just, I mean, Laura Petty, gosh. Um, In the Army now. My, my, my favorite blonde growing up. So, I mean, you got her. You've got, uh, what is that? Um, oh, goodness gracious. Um, uh, Southern McDowell. Um, yeah, you and got it, him. Yep. Yeah, you got kangaroo mutants you've got, you've got a post-apocalyptic dystopia it just it, i i love it i just I, I love the the witty banter i love the action i love the the high concept and like i probably watch that movie like at least once every couple of years it's funny because the guy i used to work with is a huge comic book fan like way back um obscure a lot of uh, obscure stuff too and he brought that in for me to read it's just like the movie so it's, really? I mean, it, it's not far off from, from the source material, which, you know, like you said, people may look at it and say, this is kind of weird. No, it's pretty dead ass accurate compared to what, you know, the, the graphic novel is. That's a good poll, sir. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that's an underrated movie. It's it's a lot better than it got credit for. A, a lot like Suicide Squad. Right. Oh, yeah. Thank you oh, for I, saying that. We you want to know if Susan's inspired me. The, the, uh, the Rotten Tomato score is 38 percent. Nice. Yeah. We were going to get into the D.C thing today colby but we're going to do that next time because you're going to have to come okay. back on the show just so you know oh, i can't wait <laughs> that's going to have to be a full-blown discussion as well absolutely so greg you're number five all right uh my number five <laughs> this is embarrassing because i had to watch this a lot with my first own wife. it yeah but but it was still a great movie and that was the first wives club don't think i ever saw it uh it's, it's got I, bet, bet midler and oh, okay. goldie hahn okay and um uh uh Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, yeah. You don't own me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, all of God. right. It is it. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like a guy saying, "I like romantic comedies." This is a good movie. It's not whether you're a guy or a girl. 
Um, it's, it's just it's much it's, better than it's, the book. It, it is, much and it's super funny. And, and Goldie Hawn and um, Diane Keaton carry this, and it's just a a, a fun type of. It's it's we're, great. We're, it's, it's the best. I when you think of like women empowerment of like how sometimes we come across as forced right now in this climate. It like I wish like it, it just felt it felt so organic and so natural um, to having women represented on film in a story that was empowering. It still had a lot of very strong themes, and it was funny. Like it was really really funny, and it's got like some classic you know women on screen. It was it, I, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. Nice. That is- Thanks. You know the one of my favorite scenes ever in a movie and this is super to say just because of the way she pulled it off was the scene where Goldie Hawn had just gotten the Botox in her lips and she was trying to smoke the cigarette and because she's a she's a fucking genius anyway there's no other way to say it she was she forever this was a a 49% critic score 68% viewer score that's usually how it goes yeah that's why I hate Rotten Tomatoes Mike hates Rotten Tomatoes hate Rotten Tomatoes I mean that she was very I think that the the only thing better that she's done from since that one was was um, Death Becomes Her. She's freaking hysterical in that. That, so. that is an underrated movie. Super so, yeah. underrated movie. So was Bird on a Wire. Yeah, that was good. Well, well that, you know, that Mel movie, Gibson. That movie has an actor in it that's going to show up, I know, on my list, which is Dan uh, Hedaya. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Tortelli. <laughs> Mr. Tortelli. You got so it, Nick Tortelli. My number five actually is a tie. In Colby. Here we yep, fucking go. Every time, and Greg hates it. These two movies will tell you exactly what you need to know about me and how I approach movies. Bad Boys 2 and Armageddon. All day long. People rip on them every now and you know, like everyone like kind of snickers when you say that. I could watch each of those movies at least once a week and still enjoy the hell out of them every time I watch it. They're fun movies. Bad Boys 2, still to this day, is probably my all-time favorite action movie with a ton of brilliant comedy in it. Really, really good. It's funny. I became more of a fan of Bad Boys 2 when I watched Hot Fuzz. That's a great movie, too. That is a good... Colby, that's a good pull. We, we need to do a show on the Coronet series. Because Just of the jet flying over? It, you yes. know, he's always got those shots in his movies. Those slow-mo... Oh slow um, you know, like Will Smith th- throwing on the purple jacket in slow motion. Just, you know... The, the the circling camera shot when Will, uh, when Martin Lawrence is answering the phone to find out mm-hmm. his sister was kidnapped, um, Armageddon. I mean, it's just those huge summer blockbuster movies. A lot of humor. I just that those are the movies why I go to the movies. Yeah, and and I make and I make no apologies for it. Tell me, tell me why you liked Bad Boys Two uh, much more after you saw Hot Fudge or Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Well, hot who, fudge. Hot who doesn't fudge. like hot fudge? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Nick Frost's character in Hot Fuzz truly is, is like he celebrates Bad Boys Two as the greatest action movie of all time. Which That's I right, love. Yes, okay. It is, it is so good. So then I just became that much even more of a fan. I'm just like, oh my god, it's like this movie within a movie. As I celebrated this movie, and you know, as a dad, like exactly what, exactly that that scene when he's picking up his daughter to, oh. to go out on a date. <laughs> it is yeah, so good. Yeah, that's great. That's classic. Yeah, practice. I know. You, I know you got a sixteen-year-old. Have, have you pulled it out yet? Have you, have you gone to the door and you know? I am studying Bad Boys Two and Den of Thieves both because I want it to be perfect. <laughs> yes. Yes. I will uh, pull out my my son. Currently is in the army, so I'm going to pull out his rifle and cleaning it at the right time. You know, I'll have it all <laughs> out on the table. 
yeah, I, the, those two scenes spe- specifically are more important to me now than ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Good. Susan. Good. Susan, number four. All right, my number four um, has a lovely 18% critic score and 51% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Justice League. And the new... <laughs> n- no. And the New York Post said about it, someone ought to call the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Actors. And oh, that wow. is 2001's Saving Silverman. What the oh. deuce? What? That is a funny-ass movie. Oh, my God. You got Jason Biggs. You got Steve Zahn. You got Jack Black, Amanda Pete, Arlie Ermey, and Neil Diamond. Amanda freaking Pete. Oh, that I miss be, her so the, much. The cons I have written about this is obviously, you know, Jason Biggs talking about getting butt implants. Um, the nip, the nipple, The nipple shock aversion therapy and Jack Black talking to Steve John about his attempts to give himself a blowjob. But the pros are Amanda <laughs> Pete guy hasn't and been there? Steve Zahn just beating the absolute shit out of each other. Yes. That is so wow, that funny. I don't you even think that uh, – I mean, that I make would make no bo- – I would argue that that is a great comedy. Oh, it's hysterical. Yep. There's, just, there's some parts about it. I'm like, eh, and The New like York that, Times said it was an affront to actors, a cruelty no, to actors? No, they said they weren't somebody ought to call the – The New York Times? And, yeah. Uh, New York Post. New York so Post, it's, oh, it's not go. a big deal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So yeah right. So a newspaper, a newspaper didn't like a comedy. Yeah, but shocking. It, it was. I, I. I. just. I think it's hysterical. That's I'm a not great. So, I'm not so big on Jack Black and that thing and the whole thing when he marries Arlie Ermey in the end. Spoilers, sorry. But the whole Amanda Pete, Steve Zong dynamic is. You would carries that movie. You would be more of a fan of Jack Black marrying Arlie Ermey uh, if you were someone like me who appreciated him as Gunny or as an actual Marine. And then going into a movie and getting married to a guy. Yeah, well, full <laughs> ma- yeah it's totally right, not so his full metal jacket persona. Yeah, well, yeah. you never know. I had, yeah. I had four of him in boot camp, so I, I love him to death. But I'm still, sure. that's funny <laughs> as hell. What, did, did, did you enjoy that movie, Colby? I did. I, it was a lot of fun. I mean, if that's at the time of like American Pie 2 and, you know, all of those kind of like zany, you know, uh, a couple years outside of college trying to get life together. I, I don't think I don't know what there's not to like about it. Like it's it's just fun. Zero. It's fun and silly. It's like it, it reminds me of like just those zany comedies like in the mid eighties. And you know what it reminded me of is when all your buddies started to get girlfriends. Oh yeah. Like what the shit? Like I thought we were hanging out. I th- I thought this was oh you know I I, I can't. I'm sorry, guy. I'm sorry, Mike. She has boobs. I can't make it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike has boobs. So do I. But you know whatever. We're all born with him, <laughs> right? Just kidding, dude. Kobe, number four. Yeah, so number four, High School Musical. Oh. What the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> <laughs> you a big Zac Efron fan. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I don't know. So, you know, growing up in New York, after I moved, Hurricane Andrew just scared my family away, and we left, and <laughs> we, we just decided Fair to enough. stay in New York. Fair enough. <laughs> And, like, I, I grew up as a theater kid, and I love musical theater. And, you know, I, I was there for, like, Glee on TV and stuff like that. And then when this Disney Channel movie comes out, High School Musical, and I'm like, wow, this is great. It just speaks to me. It's just so fun. And I know it's not for me. And even when I came out, I was definitely wasn't even in high school at the time. But I just – I loved it, and I ate it up. And then every, even High School Musical 2, fun. High School Musical 3, like, actually, I was working in a movie theater that summer where High School Musical 3 came out. And I saw the movie literally 20 – five times at the very least and i just i love it anytime it's on tv i, I just got to stop what i'm doing and just just this 
It's hard to believe that I couldn't see you were always there beside me. That was free. Get it, boy. That's free, Zach I know. Yeah, okay. I have. I have two questions for you. Yes. Now that you've brought up this movie, first and I have one. No, I. I <laughs> all right. We'll go with my my two. First, first, how do you feel about Zach Efron being Ted Bundy? He wasn't bad. Okay. It just like I I wasn't in love with the scripts. I I, I yeah uh, that, that's the, yeah that's yeah, that's the main complaint with that movie. Okay. Yeah. Second of all, do you like Vanessa Hudgens? I do. I I, I just I okay. I don't don't, don't see the dead yet. don't die then man okay. just don't yeah. don't do it. <laughs> I'm not going to give any spoilers. Just don't see it because I had a very gratifying scene for me, but it would probably be traumatic for you. So. Oh. Okay. And then my question is, how much did you love the South Park episode where they did High School Musical? I've missed that. What? I got to look that up on YouTube. When we're done, you go YouTube that shit. Sit back and enjoy, sir. I, actually, okay. actually, there was a Sesame Street version of it, too, where it was called Preschool Musical. Yeah, it's where uh, Cartman and the boys figure out that uh, people are getting super popular by throwing out random musical acts. So they throw <laughs> that they get all full-blown into a musical episode, and it is... When it starts, I think it's Stan. After the uh, the act is done or the the musical number is done, he just looks at Cartman and goes, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> it's you, it, it's must see for you. Okay, I definitely that. All right, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Greg, you're number four. I say stuff, but I'm not gonna make fun of you for liking musicals because. Hey, musicals are awesome. He's theater guy, I, 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 th- I think it's it. awesome. I, I I was surprised you said High School Musical. But it was huge. It was a monster. It really was. So it had to be pretty good, right? Hey, like I said in the beginning, like it and own it. All right. Mm-hmm. My, my, my number four was a movie that I kind of end up watching when I still lived at home with my parents. So that means that it was before 1990. And, uh, but it's got two fantastic actors in it. And one of them is Sally Field, and one of them is James Garner, and it's called Murphy's Romance. I remember it. God, it's been forever. And Sally Field is this, I mean, come on, let's face it. Every boy has had a crush on Sally Field because she's cute as a damn button. And she's like in her 40s and James Garner's in her in his 80s. And it's just a, a good, cute, romantic comedy about the fact that a young lady's going to be with an old man again, even though he's not rich. Um <laughs> It's it's a fun movie. Uh, critic score seventy two, viewer score seventy five. I've probably seen it twenty times. Nice. I can't tell you a whole lot about it. I can just tell you that it's a good time. It's fun to watch. If you have the opportunity, watch it. Do it. Uh, my number four is Blended, with Adam Sandler. Oh yeah. And uh, I, I mean, Adam Sandler takes a beating on his movies, and I will combat that with. What the hell are you going to see an Adam Sandler movie for if you know you're not going to like it? Because you know what you're getting into with an Adam Sandler movie. Blended, I put over that because it was a much better movie movie than what we're used to with his. And Grandma's Boy is one of my all-time favorites, and he's not even in it. That movie is awesome. But Blended, I think, is such a good movie from start to be- start to end that every time it's on, I watch it. And I've I- watched it once a year, at least, since it came out. Terry Crews, for God's sakes. When they're playing basketball and the kid sucks and Terry Crews out of nowhere singing up, singing about how much he sucks. <laughs> Terry Crews, that whole movie is hilarious. That's the one so, with uh, Adam and Jennifer Aniston, right? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. With the two families and 
they're, they're both say, yeah, and they go to Africa. You're blending exactly. It's <laughs> such a good movie. Colby, oh, Colby, on your on your meter out of ten, how many on that? Honestly, for me, that I put that at a solid a solid seven. So uh, a seven for that. me is a good movie. I'll watch like, that. It, it bugs me. Like Rotten Tomatoes is definitely the most respected kind of movie aggregate, but the uneducated, you know, movie watcher thinks when they think a percentage, they think that that's how good it is. So it's got a 14% and it sucks that it has that label because it's so fun. It's a family movie. It's got some really good comedic tones and it just, it knows what it is. And it's got, it's a little raunchy too, but like nothing like too like dirty or anything. And it's, it's, Good job. That's a good one right there. The the humor in that movie, I'll put it this way. If you have a young kid, like the young girl in the movie, uh, Adam Sandler's, um, or no, Drew Barrymore's daughter, I think. She's mm-hmm. she's young enough to where she's not going to get that humor. And the kids are maybe a little bit older. They're going to get it. And let's, be fa- let's face it, they've heard much worse at school. Oh, hell yeah. So when you say this is a family movie, Colby, I completely agree. You could watch this with the entire family, and everyone's going to enjoy it. I, I think it's hilarious. Nice. And the Africa stuff is amazing to see. It, it's it's really good, especially I just watched that Serengeti new show on Discovery, and it reminds me of that movie because of all the scenery you get to see in that movie. Oh, yeah. So I love that movie. All right. You know what? I just wrote it down. I've never seen it. I'm going to watch it. Worth seeing. Back to you, Susan. All right. Uh, I can't believe we're on number three already. I know. All right. So this movie is from 1999, coming in with a nice 16% critics on Rotten Tomato, but 16. 58% for audience. Which is the one about that About which Martin Lawrence from filmcritic.com said, I laughed once, is Idle Hands. Oh, <gasps> I was going to think of the one where he goes back in time. Uh, yeah. Black Knight. Bla- that's, Black. That, 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 that's what I thought you were going to say. No, um, I no, forgot Idle, about hands, Idle Hands. Uh, you know, and I'll just paraphrase what I got from uh, from from Rotten Tomatoes. It's starring uh, Devin Sawa, Seth Green at his Seth Greeniest, uh, Eldon Hansen. So uh, those of you who love Daredevil will know him. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica Alba and Vivica A. Fox. And the main plot is a stoner. Uh, his hand gets taken over by some evil presence, and he goes on a killing spree. Which happens to me all the time. Even after he cuts the hand off his arm. So it, it's. I think it's. I for some reason, I, you know, um, my my first husband used to have a, a a cable cheater box and stuff like that, and that was always on always on so just watch it it's entertaining it's you know it's a fun comedy but it, i mean it's not the greatest but it's over the top it's fun bad bloody you had me at jessica alba yeah well you know <laughs> the uh, thing that and, and, and you and you get to see the lead da- singer from offspring get scalped so i mean nice. what more could you ask for the thing the thing about her is 16 percent, and then what'd you say 58 percent viewers that's the people that matter Exactly. I, I remember, and Kobe, I don't know how old you are off the top of your head. I remember when I was a kid, uh, Firefox came out. If, if anybody remembers Firefox. Clint Eastwood. With Clint Eastwood. Watched it every time I could on Have HBO. Have you ever seen that, Colby? No, I haven't. Okay, it's, you know what? It was an 80s movie, and people wanted more out of it, but it's a damn good movie. And every critic in the world was like, this is a giant, this is a golden turd. That's what they called it. And this movie was cool as shit. It was so much fun to watch. It wasn't. It wasn't Rambo. It wasn't Commando. But it was a good movie. I prefer to hear what people think as opposed to what the critics think. Picture this, Colby. Clint Eastwood has to steal a top secret, super like futuristic jet fighter, 
It was like a yeah, like it was like a B one B one bomber back in nineteen eighty four. Crazy yeah. stealthy super secret. It's just uh, it's just like a fun movie. Well, before before we go go into the next round, I do want to say that that Seth Green obviously made some fun of this on Robot Chicken. Of course. So he if did. you search on YouTube for idle sure. nu- idle nuts, it's pretty much the <laughs> same. I think we can all talk plot. about idle nuts. <laughs> yeah. But involving possessed testicles. Nice. Yeah. My teens. <laughs> right? Right? All, all through hey. my teens. 1984 <laughs> through 86. Go ahead, Colby. I've seen this movie a lot. So, like, Idle Hands, you just you just brought me back. Thank you. <laughs> I heard you get all excited when she said that. That's pretty That's pretty awesome, actually. Because, right? like, you know, when, when you think about a movie and it, you transport, like, back to, like, the first time you saw it. And I'm like, this was, like, this was my brand of comedy. Like, I was... Like into CKY and, and you know into uh, you know um, uh, the jackass and stuff like that. So like this kind of like zany, just slapstick type of humor with like big physical comedy. And I was a big Seth Green fan. Um, you know, I think that I think one of my earliest things I saw him was I was actually watching Can't Hardly Wait last night. That oh, is a I, yeah, phenomenal that, movie. That that almost made the list. That is oh, on my yeah. that is on my honorable mentions. Love that movie. So, oh, so damn good. Yeah, I'm, I love. I mean, there's some creative kills in this too. I mean, oh, yeah. somebody gets their head cut off. So somebody played frisbee with a buzzsaw blade. Nice. And <laughs> or what? Or what and we then, called shop class. Yeah. <laughs> and, they're, and they're trying to. He's the guy's trying to get his hand cut off so he can get this evil taken off of him. And you've got like he tries to put it in the know. microwave. <laughs> <laughs> like or Seth bed. Seth Green with the with the with the turkey cover going. I am Leatherface. And then, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> That's awesome. Great movie. So your number three, Colby. My number three. I want to see if you guys know this one. It is Sweet November. Is that the one with um, oh, what's her face? Uh, yeah, she's in it. It sounds very familiar, but I Winona do not. Winona Ryder and no, no, Keanu Reeves and Charlize Theron. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah, the other one was October. Never mind. Yeah, know the movie, but I'd never seen it. Yeah, so with Sweet November, pretty much you got Keanu Reeves in it, like a, a bit like you know dramatic romance film. I had no business. Why, like, really, really <laughs> enjoy this movie? Um, I don't know what it was or like what I was missing in my life that <laughs> I just needed it. And I find it so comforting. Um, it's got a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. It came out in 2001, and pretty much it's about this this chance encounter between uh, this this man and woman who are not supposed to be together. And Charlize Theron's character only has a relationship for one month. And I love it when you have like an internal clock with inside the film that this relationship is supposed to last. She's supposed to move on uh, because she uh, is terminally ill um, and she doesn't want to um, essentially invest her time into anyone for too long. But their love is just too strong. and He fights as hard as he can for her. And it was just beautiful. Is that the movie where Keanu Reeves puts his dick in the mailbox? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I remember. <laughs> I remember. I can't remember. That, that was, that, that's the lake house. That was the director's cut. Yeah. No. Uh, the reason I got this confused, because it was a Richard Gere Winota Ryder movie that had the name October, I think October in it. And so they were very much the same where the woman was dying and the guy was falling in love with her. So that's why I got them all mixed it's up. Pretty much every Lifetime movie, isn't it? Y- you know, there's... There are are sometimes movies that as as men, you know, manly men, we, you know, kill stuff, cook with fire. There are movies that kind of hit you sometimes. And you saying that like you have no business liking that. I and I just realized that I'm going to throw it out there. Notting Hill is one of those for me. I don't know Mm. why. I don't know why I like that movie, but I did when I saw it. And, you know, I think I caught it because I was working out of town 
and we got rained out that day and I'm laying in my hotel room and just nothing was on and I, st- I watched it and I'm like, you know what? I really enjoy it. There's there's no shame in admitting I, you I like, like a movie too. like his that. Roommate, yeah. His roommate. Yeah. I, I don't he's great. remember the name of that actor, but he's hysterical. No shame. Is no that your shame. number three? No, that was his number three. Oh, Notting Hill? No, no not No, I'm just saying I just threw it oh, out okay. there because it just him saying that just brought it to my mind I that like, I like that movie. That's a hell of a segue if it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my number three, and I make zero apologies for this movie, even though this movie almost killed somebody's career, and that is Last Action Hero. Oh, I thought you were going to say Green oh, Lantern. No, no. I don't know why I like this movie. I don't know if it's because I'm such a big Schwarzenegger fan and he was such a big part of my childhood, or if I like the fact that... Um, uh, Tyrion Lannister's in it. Sinbad? Yeah. Uh, Last Action Hero? Sinbad's not in that, I don't think, is he? Isn't that's Jingle the All the Way. That's Jingle oh, All that, the Way. That's right. Yep. That almost made the list. This, this movie was original to me. It had a cool story that was different, and, and, and it knew what it was. It wanted to be a comedy, and people weren't smart enough to say, hey, Arnold's trying to do a comedy. That's not what we wanted. I, I It was a... a th- hold on, i got to find it. It was a 36 critics, 46 fans... Percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I thought it was hysterical. The part where he's on the phone and he's talking to his wife. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, to me, in this day, my cousin, who's one of my best friends, is my best friend ever. This guy, we just look at each other and, look and go, uh huh. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And it, it's there. It was a fun movie. It was a fun movie to me. It's fun because it. I. I love how. When I graduated high school, I moved out to L.A., and it's because I love Hollywood, and I love movies that celebrate and love Hollywood. Everybody's in this movie. They're either, like, either themselves, like, there's these big movie stars playing these really, really small roles, or there's, like, just big movie stars just coming up as cameos, being themselves, and I just love just how carefree it was, and and I liked seeing that side of Arnold. You know, I like Kindergarten Cop Arnold. I like Twin Arnold. I like Junior Arnold. Like, it's... Loved it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Hey, you're 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 on point exactly, and and I I know that I make fun of a lot of movies. I have a lot more forgiveness for a comedy um, when they try and bend the rules because it, they're trying to bend the rules and be funny. I was in the Marine Corps when this movie came out, and everybody I I had actually been overseas. I was in Japan for six months, and when I came back, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I missed that movie. And they was like, oh, you didn't miss nothing. And back then, it was like a year before you got to see a movie because I was in Japan when Jurassic Park came out. And I, th- I thought I was going to have to kill somebody to get to see this movie. <laughs> right. Because it took forever. And when this movie came out, I watched it. I'm like, why is everybody pissed off? This movie's great. They're like, oh, that movie sucked. I'm like, ah, you're just dumb. Yep. <laughs> and then the internet was born, and then it got worse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my number three, and I'll, I'll be shocked if either of you have, if any three of you have even seen it, Boondock Saints 2. I know you two haven't. Oh, I haven't, oh. S- I haven't seen it, but I have a friend who is a I definitely huge haven't. fan. It is. Did you see the first one? I did. Okay. Greg has not yet, which I about shit myself on Saturday when he said, no, I've never seen that. I was like, <gasps> what? Sorry, sir. T- to correct you, sir, it was Sunday. So, oh, sorry, son. I had so much fun, <laughs> I forgot what day it was. Uh, Boondock Saints get is a one of those cult classic movies, the, the first one. The second one got shit on horribly, but... I still enjoyed the hell out of it. There's another, I mean, we won't talk about long because there's no point, but go, if you've seen the first one, you have to see the second one because there is some stuff that directly, obviously ties into the first movie that will take you by surprise, especially you, Colby, since you've seen it. Um, Mm -hmm. And thoroughly enjoyed it. Is it as good as the first one? No, but it is entirely more fun than the first one. And to Mm -hmm. me, that's what makes it so rewatchable. And I own both. 
I've watched two more than I've watched one, and I'll say that. Nice. With a huge, phenomenal twist at the end of part two that still makes me want to strangle someone that they have not made part three. That's called a teaser. Teaser? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we need to make part three. Yeah, no shit. Susan, number two. All right, my number two um, coming in at a high amount of uh, 11% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 55% audience score from 1999, about which Paul Tutor from CNN.com said, the worst movie I've ever seen in 1999. Jawbreaker. Oh, man. Rose McGowan, right? Rose McGowan. Rebecca Gayhart, Julie Benz, the always underused Judy Greer. We are straight up out of our league mm-hmm. right here, Mike. These people, these, these two know Greer, everything. Yep. Carol Kane, and it does have some. Uh, you get we give a little love to Marilyn Manson and one of our favorite Halloween actresses, P.J. Souls. So it's it 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 came ten years after the Heather's, and about five years before Mean Girls, but it just didn't know what it wanted to be. Is it going to be a girl exploitation film? Is it going to be a dark comedy? What is what the heck it is? So it didn't stylistically, it didn't go over as well, I think, as his predecessor, which was the Heather's. But and it's kind of all over the place. But you have such an amazing villain in Rose McGowan. Absolutely, just she just blows that out of the water. Yeah, no, I yeah, she was. I definitely was too juvenile to appreciate this movie for what it was trying to be. So. Like, <laughs> I, I, I had that problem to this day, Colby. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it didn't. It didn't quite know. I think what it wanted to be like, because it's this dark comedy. And for those of you who don't know it, it's about these this this click click uh, in high school um, called the Flawless Four, who had a leader named Liz Purr. Great name, huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, and basically, the other three friends, uh, quote unquote, kidnap her on her birthday and shove a jawbreaker in her mouth and throw her in the trunk because they were going to take her out for breakfast so she could eat in her pajamas. And they end up killing her. And so the rest of the movie is how do they hide it and how do they remain ruling the school? And it's just freaking fantasy fun. Or what I like to call Tuesday night. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> You enjoyed that movie, Colby? I did. I, it, it was a lot of fun and completely of its time. Well, yeah, nice. I, I think I, I think the the one thing is like you know I've watched a lot of things about both of these movies and you know what they tried what they tried to do with Heather's is try to try to take it out of its time, which was the eighties, eighty nine, and um, even though you had the style somewhat that that called to the eighties with the, the the red scrunchie of power and the heathers and stuff like that, they they really worked at making the language try to be apart from what everybody was using with the slang in Jawbreakers, except for maybe one song. That whole soundtrack was just nineties. You had the Donnas, you had all these other things in there. So so was Captain Marvel. It wasn't Captain yeah. Marvel though. Ninety nine was a great was a great year in film, man. And anytime nice. you have a '90s soundtrack, it's always gonna it's always gonna be good. Yes. Well, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that. Some Almost time. as good as the '80s. Yeah. Uh, your number two, Colby. My number two, and I I think I, I I call this a guilty movie only because I get a lot of crap when I talk about it. It is my favorite Star Wars movie, Attack of the Clones. I. I like I that came, one. I I came into Star Wars with the prequels. Okay. So I understand that I missed the window, right? 
Um, not, not necessarily. How Colby? How old are you? I'm 32. Okay, you're 32. I'm 46. Okay, so you're. I mean, it's not like you're so far out of the window. I mean, you you can still. You can. What was the first Star Wars movie you saw? Phantom Menace. Okay, so you. The prequels was your original trilogy then. Correct. Is that fair? Okay, go ahead. I just wanted to establish yeah. that first. Yeah. So when I saw Phantom Menace and I'm like, oh, so this is what everybody's talking about with Star Wars. This is great. It appealed to all my action sensibilities. I love like the kind of story. And granted, yeah, it, I was young enough to really kind of have it be simple. Um, and then when I see, I went back and I watched New Hope. I'm like, oh, well, this is different. But then again, I, I, I got that, you know, it was, it was an older film, so it wasn't going to look exactly the same. And then when I got episode two, I was like, wow, this is, this is big. And it's got Natalie Portman. It's, it's got these, it's the lightsaber fights just completely won me over. I just love all the action. And then seeing the little ugly puppet that I remembered from Return of the Jedi come back. And now he's like a full CG character and he's kicking Count Dooku's ass. Like it just, it, I, I loved it. I, and I, I still remember the moment that that scene happened in the theater. And y'all probably remember the same thing. The moment that Yoda you know, dropped his cane and just, you know, called for his lightsaber and everybody lost their minds um, in the theater. And it, I'll, I'll never forget it. I, I, I love that movie. I'm absolutely fine with deadpan, you know, uh, I'm Hayden Christensen. Um, I don't think his performance was as bad as a lot of people make it out to be at all. And um, I think it, it was very kind of Shakespearean, this script. And, and that's what I looked at it as. And, you know, Ewan McGregor was kind of like really full into his uh, Obi-Wan-ness. Yeah, and the the reason I ask how old you are, Kobe, is because my son is uh, twenty. Basically, he's going to be. It's. I mean, he's he's away in the army, but he's you know is that age group that, you know, the the prequels was his first introduction to it as well. And to this day, even though he's seen them all, and you know he's sat through them with me numerous times, to this day, he doesn't like the original movies compared to the prequels. And if you ask him why. He'll say because, paraphrasing, Star Wars to me is the Force and lightsabers and Jedi and Sith fighting and lightsabers everywhere. Mm -hmm. So the second one, like you just said, because of that massive lightsaber fight, and then in Revenge of the Sith, that whole third act basically with Obi-Wan and Anakin going at it. Yeah. it To me, it's still the best fight in all of Star Wars. That, I would agree. That is an amazing ending to that movie. And you're right. Christensen takes a beating. You know, the whole I hate sand, it's coarse, and it gets everywhere. I, I get it. But his turn, his full-blown turn as Vader in Sith, I think is fantastic. And he really portrays that evil well. And that fight is amazing because of the lightsabers and everything that Star Wars hopefully will get back to. No, I you're right. Go ahead, Kobe. I was going to say, you know, because because and and maybe kind of like what your son, what your son is saying is that it was a different because without the advent of technology, the story and what you saw on screen had to rely on the characters that much more and the true hero's journey that you get inside of you know four, five, and six. And there's like this split focus between is this a Han, is this story about Han, or is this story about Luke? And we knew that the story inside of the prequels. This is all about Anakin. Right. And and they pretty much laid that foundation before that movie came out with, with the, the still to this day, a great poster of little Anakin and his shadow is the shape of Vader. Uh, just genius. I, I would like to say that uh, there's a lot of people that don't like the prequels. 
and you could probably call me a prequels apologist. Um, I, I I admit there are issues with them, but if you really want to get down to it, there are issues with the with four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. I feel that episode two or uh, the Attack of the Clones had the best war scene, battle scene of all Gosh. of them. Heck the, yeah. when, when they when they drop all the all the clones on the ground and they're fighting mm-hmm. the the Federation and all those bat robots are fighting not, that was just that was badass. That to yeah. me was that that to me was was the best. To I, before we get off on a huge tangent here, I think that the beach scene in Rogue One to me is still one of my favorite battle scenes in That's all good. of Star Wars. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, you got Star Wars on the beach. Come yeah. On. Yeah. No, it, it looked gorgeous, and still, I mean, it, with Rogue One, the best ending scene of probably any that, that rivals, you know, Revenge of the Sith is seeing finally the full scope of Darth Vader and what he can do, and him just like tear apart that corridor. Uh, before the ship leaves, because for, the Rogue One. for thirty seconds they made you forget yeah. the past two hours, right? <laughs> and for me, Rogue One is a war movie, and that's I think why I loved it so much. It and is. I still hold it very high up on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, saving Private Ryan in space, exactly, and that's that's the best way that I describe it. Yep. It feel it Thanks. felt like Saving Private Ryan in Star Wars. All right, my number two is a movie that none of you have seen, and I only saw this movie through uh, happen chance. Uh, backstory, I am a massive Miami Vice fan. It's the greatest show that's ever been on TV. Even now when I watch it and I make fun of it, it's still the greatest show ever on TV. My mother would have left my father for Don Johnson in about 13.6 milliseconds. And we had cable, and there was a movie coming on that Don Johnson was in. It was It's called Soggy Bottom USA. <laughs> and it's a movie that takes place in New Orleans during Prohibition, and it is just a fun movie. It's funny. There's a whole bunch of people in it. It got a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes for a movie that nobody's ever seen. Wow. I can't talk about it because I can't get my hands on it to watch it anymore. I've tried to find it to order it. If you have the opportunity or if anybody out there listening knows where I can get it, please tell me. I want a copy. All I can say is it's a fun It's a fun movie. I can get it for you. I'll bet you can. <laughs> um it's it, Don Johnson's not even the main character. He's a supporting character in it. But it's 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 it, it's in Louisiana during Prohibition with airboats. Uh, enough said. Better enough support, said. There you go. Better supporting character than the other woman. I uh, yes okay. yes better supporting character than the other woman. I had to think about that for me because I've only seen that once. But yes, yes. Oh. So if you have the opportunity to watch this movie, watch it because it's it's fun. It's just a movie that nobody knows about. I can't go into it a lot, but every time I remember this movie, I'm like, God, I love watching that movie. We had a copy of it on VHS, and I think we wore it out. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, the, uh, it's funny you should say The Other Woman, because there's only two reasons I watched that movie. <laughs> Don Johnson? No. Two, oh. two other big reasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> what's your Yeah. What's your number two, Mike? Yeah. My, <laughs> my num- I, I should say Kate's. Yeah, Kate's. Both of them, the left and the right. Um, my okay, number okay, two. Okay, Mike, hold on. Jessica Rabbit or Kate's? Oh, Kate's. Okay. 100%. <laughs> um, my number two, and I expect at least one giggle when I say this because this movie gets trashed all the time Tango and Cash. Oh, I love that movie. Why is I yours bigger? Genetics? There we go. I, I, Colby, go ahead. What do you think? Yo, it's, it's, my gosh, bro. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of growing up. I've seen that movie so many times. Like it was the most like kind of like felt Stallone. 
I was like, yo, this guy's a really handsome dude. Like, you look at him now, he's kind of like, you know, really, you know, he's definitely the roids have, uh, has jacked his body up a little oh, bit. Oh, sure. But, like, I was like, yo, this I see how he used to pull all these women. That was a handsome – and seeing Stallone with glasses, I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> it, it was almost – I mean, you could almost call this, like, a prequel to The Expendables because him and Kurt Russell in the same movie. Oh, man. That – to this and, day, was, if that movie's on, I'm watching it all the way through. Oh, absolutely. And with the thing, it's I don't want to say he was playing against type. It's just that he was not the he wasn't the machismo. I mean, granted, he was like a good looking, you know, dude and stuff like that, but he he was he was reserved. He was he, he was, was not reserved. He was he edu- educated, sick. like he was yeah. smart, calculated, like he wasn't yeah. like the crazy over the top action guy, which Kurt Russell was. Yeah, it's 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 it, I I love it. I, I I man, I love that movie so much. That's a great movie. First of all, I'll watch anything that Kurt Russell's in. I don't care. Yeah, anything from from the beginning of his career, the computer wore tennis shoes, Sky High, whatever, Overboard. I'll watch them all. Jack but, motherfucking Burton. Yeah, but to see, <laughs> but buying. yeah, but to see Stallone, like you said, Colby, he was he was uh, the, the he was not typecast in that movie. He was the educated one, the smart one, straight the, and narrow. Yeah, that's what he, I was looking for. He followed the rules. He did stuff by the book, which you know, I'm the cure, you're the cure. No, it wasn't that. It was we can't yep. do that. It was awesome. You're yep. right. I I forget about that movie. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, Susan. All right, my number one. Your winner. I and this was tough. Like I think I had about a dozen movies and on the list here that I had to, to kind of whittle them down, but this one has another eleven percent. On Rotten Tomatoes with a 69% audience score. Because uh, I think 69. It's, oh, 11. Oh, I mean, 11. That's my job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it's just got to gain popularity over the years simply because of who's in it. Um, about which um, the esteemed Robert Ebert said, it probably never had a shot at being funny anyway, but I don't think it planned to be pathetic. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I could only be talking about Night at the Roxbury. <laughs> oh man, that uh, Chris Kattan, like Chris Kattan, Will Ferrell before he was Will Ferrell. <laughs> anybody that watched Saturday Night Live was uh, saw that movie and laughed. I mean, that, that's the best way to describe it. Well, I mean, they basically they took a one note skit, right? The, those guys basically said, said no more than four or five words in those skits. Hey, hey, you? how's it going? You, hey, me, you, you, him, me, what? you, me, huh? Let me let me ask yeah. you this question um, to all three of you, um, and we'll go Susan, then Mike, then Colby. Of all of the Saturday Night Live movies that they've made, is there one that you truly despise, Susan? That's a no. That's a t- I, that, I don't. That I don't. I've never seen one. MacGruber. Okay. Um, if you but then but then you can't despise it if you haven't seen it. Right. I'm. I was trying to think of. the I'm trying to think of the ones that ten, they've ten done. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. I don't have ten seconds. It's a MacGruber joke. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, the other yeah. one. Colby the, got it. Because the other one that I had on the list and I was really, really struggling with trying to, whether I keep it on with it, was the ladies, man. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you hated it. No, I hate oh, it. Okay. But the poop, the poop. Yes. Know, yeah, I didn't like that. I got you. No. No. Colby? Yes. Uh, Molly Shannon and Superstar. <gasps> that would be the only one that I would have to like say, yeah, Superstar. that I just won't watch. But, but it's but Mark she still she still cracks me up though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, it does. It's just I, I if I had a choice, like oh, well, that I'd would be the one. On SNL or in the movie, yeah, I'll watch her in SNL. Now the one that I probably would not like that I never saw was Pat, 
but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Oh, but Pat, Pat's a classic, though. Okay. It's, it's, is yeah. it worth watching? You're it's saying? Funny, I, it's funnier really than you think it. it will be. Okay. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's Pat. Was, it's, it's fun. It's, it's really, really weird, <laughs> but it's fun. I, I never saw Night at the Roxbury until Susan and I got together. Um, we've been together 14 years now. I'd never seen it until that, and I gotta admit, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. But of all those skits that they've made, I've never watched one of those movies and go, "Oh, what a giant piece of shit that is." Yeah. Even Superstar, I was like, "Okay," eh. but I, moments. yeah, but I would it yeah. still it still made me laugh. Sure, I mean Chris Chris Kattan's got a lot of heart in this. I mean, yeah, he does. Yeah, it's, it's it's a stupid kind of cheesy movie, and you know, you 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 you're running on the fact that you have Richard Grieco that they run into and. <laughs> you know, they kind of got him by the balls because, but they don't know he. They've got him by the balls because yeah. he doesn't have the, you know, he doesn't want to get his insurance uh, ripped up because they got, a, got into an accident. But I mean, what was that Richard Rico movie? Um, with the spy. Oh goodness gracious, what was it called? Twenty One Jump Street. No, he had a spy movie. It was like it was like essentially a James Bond movie with him as Richard Grieco. Um. Oh my God. Greg's looking oh, it up. Okay, we're gonna look Tell you that what, up. you do you do your number one and I'll look, look it up. up. I, well, okay. let me let me just just there's a few things that I really want to call out oh, about yeah. this movie for those of you who haven't seen it that, that may want to give it a try is well first of all I'm a huge Kids in the Hall fan and I know Mark McKinney went over to Saturday Night Live so he's he's got a very good but small role in this. Um, they also have uh, Lachlan Monroe, who was in those '90s films, as far as you know, the the scary movie ones and 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 all that that stuff. But he was very good as that kind of meathead, uh, gym head trainer. And like the best line in that whole freaking movie is when he's the best man. They're asking him what he needs to do, and he says, "I get it. I walk down the aisle. I stand next to you, and I get to handle any inner winning skirmishes." So that's really funny too. Um, but Colin Quinn is the best in this movie. Absolute the best. With he's got you know Chaz Palminteri always going. Dewey, did you grab my ass? <laughs> it sucks that no, Chris. No, sir. Uh, you're the... on the phone. We're 20 miles away from each other, sir. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks that Chris Kattan didn't have the same level of success as uh, the as uh, Will Con- yeah, as Will Ferrell. It's nuts. I'll tell you what movie should have been made with Chris Kattan that never was, and that's what was Mr. that Mr. Peepers. Oh. Remember what when about, he what about Mango? he played that uh, monkey-like character that he the episode that The Rock was on and he was big Mr. Peepers and he would chew on the apple and spit it in the person's face. <laughs> so every time Chris Kattan did that skit, I was in tears. I thought he, <laughs> I thought he was hysterical with Mango. And when they had uh, when they had that movie, what was that movie that uh, the talented Mr. Ripley when that came out? They had um, they had uh, oh, what's his name there? I can't think of his name now. Goddamn, the last fat, last Batman. Ben oh, Affleck. Uh, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, and they they did this whole thing where you know he was pretending to be you know the other guy and trying to be there for Mango, and it was pretty hysterical. <laughs> That's good shit. You're what, number one, Colby. What year was that movie out, Colby? Was was it called the one you talked about with Richard Grieco? Was oh, it? that's if looks if looks could kill. There it is. All right, looks could kill. There you go. Oh, that's now that's a that's a guilty movie punch right there. I loved it so much. Um, yes, my number one is the Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Bro, okay. What did it win an Academy Award for? He's being sarcastic. Oh, okay, good. I mean, it won an Academy <laughs> Award. It for did. It did win an Academy Award. <laughs> But I'm glad that, I'm glad you say that now, Colby. Did you watch the extended version? Yes, I've seen both versions. Okay, because I had Greg over, as I said, and we watched the extended version, 
which mm-hmm. to me should be the only version that was allowed to be seen. Um, so go ahead, explain why that's your number one. This film I love so much. I probably watch it maybe three, four times a year. Um, I don't know why. One, it's gorgeous looking. It, it looks amazing, and it just has fun. It's got an amazing cast. Like I contend, it's a better superhero cast than like the Avengers, right? Because leading up to everything that was going in with it, you have Will Smith, you have Margot Robbie, you have Jared Leto. So those are like that's our big three. I love Margot Robbie's interpretation of the character. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was sexy. She had agency, and I thought that her her performance of what I've seen, it's absolutely tragic. Like, this woman is completely broken. And Jared Leto is a damn good Joker. People give him a lot of shit. And I don't think he deserves it at all. I love that take. It's like this this gangster. And he's like this guttural, feral animal. He's like depraved and despicable and completely unhinged. And then you have Will Smith, who, to be honest with you, is bigger than the role that he was you know, asked to play. And he just, he, he takes it on and he does great with it. Um, is the script, you know, great? Nope. But I got to be honest. <laughs> nope. That first, the first half of the movie is so much damn fun. And I, I, I love the tone. I love everything that it was doing. You got Viola Davis as, uh, Viola da- um, Davis as Amanda Waller. Um, you know, you got your dude from, uh, from Stranger Things. You know, you know I, I, I love this entire cast. And then a little bit after the half of the film. I think the moment that they, they actually, um, they, they go and they get Viola Davis, then that's where it really goes away. But visually, I thought it was amazing. Obviously it deserved that best makeup, you know, win, uh, you know, with Killer Croc and stuff. I love, yo, the soundtrack is, ah, gosh, it's so great. Couldn't agree more. My, my favorite scene in the movie is when the Joker is um, trying to seduce, um, you know, uh, Dr. Quinzel. Do you love me? Would you die? No, no, no. Would you live for me? Better to live, better to die. I just right. it's so, so good. Okay, I had not seen Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad until Sunday. And all I'd heard was all this crap about it. And if you listen to us, which you do, and most of, the, of our listeners do, we kind of kick DC in the balls a lot. That doesn't mean we don't like DC. It means we're disappointed with what they're doing with an unbelievable product. We, we, don't, we do not like their underachieving. I'm going to tell you this. When we got done watching uh, Suicide Squad, I looked at Mike and I said, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was really surprised that it had gotten the shit that it had gotten. Now, afterwards, he told me about how that wasn't in the theater, that wasn't in the theater. And I said, how the fuck do you not put that scene in the theater? Right. They had that whole scene in the bar with the exposition where they're all talking about themselves and they made themselves human. And even though they're the heroes, they're still anti-heroes, but they gave you a reason for them to be heroes again. How do you how do you cut that? That's where DC needs to be slapped. Yeah. The only place that I will disagree with you was I I thought Jared Leto did a good job as the Joker. I don't know if I like the direction that they took the Joker. I would say on his performance, I was 50 50. I loved it. And then I don't like what he did there, but he took that role and he made it his own. And I, I give a, I give a person a lot of credit for that. Will Smith was fucking phenomenal in that movie. When he was talking about, um, 
oh shit, who was the head coach of the of the the Bulls? Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. When he's talking Phil about tri- triangle, triangle bitch. bitch. <laughs> and then he he was ta- telling him what he wanted, and he looked at him. He says, "My daughter, she goes to the best schools, Harvard. And you know what? If her grades ain't working out, you better white people that shit." <laughs> <laughs> the roles that he, the, the things that he said in it were hysterical. Margot Robbie, unbelievable in that role, and everybody else was really good. And I liked. My favorite part of that movie was how they gave you the character development between the bad guys. They yeah. didn't you didn't have to have other people talking to other people. It was Harley talking to Deadshot, talking to Croc, and they developed themselves. I thought that movie that movie probably is my favorite DC movie so far. I'll I'll I'll, I'll ask you this, Colby, because I, I want to get your opinion on this. Because I've said from day one, when Suicide Squad the worst thing that could have happened to that is the way they marketed that movie. I remember when it was announced, I was just fired up because I knew who the Suicide Squad was. I, I knew the characters for the most part. For a year, they marketed the Joker. They, mm-hmm. they teased us with everything, with his antics on the set, with the crazy shit he was doing. He would never break character. He was sending terribly offensive Act. stuff to actors. Like For a mm-hmm. whole year... You just dangled a green and purpled carrot in front of us, and then the theatrical release gave us eight minutes. And to me, that's what made this movie fail. They should have never even acknowledged. They should have kept it under wraps that Jared Leto was going to be the Joker. They never mm-hmm. should have said a freaking word until your butt was in the theater and you were like, holy shit, yeah. the Joker is in this movie. They marketed it like it was... A Joker movie with Suicide Squad in it, and it should have been Suicide Squad, and you didn't know he was there. Exactly, and and I think that was a huge part of what really hurt this movie because everyone was expecting Mr. J, and you got nothing. You you got eight minutes or so. Literally, I think his screen time is between eight to ten minutes. It may even be closer to fifteen in the extended version, which was still better. But they did it to themselves. But I agree, Colby. I love this movie, and I enjoyed the hell out of it as well. Yeah, it it was it was great, and and also like you said, with with the marketing, the trailer was at the time one of the most watched trailers in like American history. Um, when they had that, it was the um, the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. Yep. When that came out, it was the biggest thing in the world, and that's why it opened up so big. It opened up to one hundred and thirty five million dollars. It was super strong. This movie made money despite like how it was a disappointment. Everybody still went to go see it, but expectations mean a lot, and it. What's even harder is that when you have an animated film that comes out, I think like six or eight months before it, and it gives you essentially the outline to what uh, that, that's the one thing that's tough. Like, you know, and we'll get to this in another episode is that we have, you know, uh, dozens of years of source material to be able to translate to the big screen. So it shouldn't be hard. Like, these are comics and graphic novels that work. <laughs> and like, I, I don't get how we don't have the right people that says, hey, this is the story we need to tell. So Assault on Arkham, which was a really successful, you know, um, uh, DC. Amazing, uh, right? Film, it was so good. And it, it didn't have the Joker as the principal villain, but he was, it was a Batman movie. He was with there. The squad, but he was there. And it's like, oh, well, why didn't you just do that? <laughs> so let me let me say this. 
I'm going to have to call um, a team from the FBI after this podcast is over and find out where you have the bug planted in the man cave here. <laughs> because you literally just said everything that we have said to each other in here talking about D.C., which is why we shit on D.C. so much, because you have you have the most recognizable superheroes in history and the best villains, and your products are mediocre. There's yeah. so many things they could do, just like you said. You're right. Dozens, decades of years. There it is. Decades of years of content that we have that we could pull from just for Suicide Squad, and you didn't. And I'll give you another example real quick so we can move on, but Batman versus Superman, the extended version is mm -hmm. way better of a movie that, than what they showed in the theaters, yet again. Yeah. And it makes no sense to me who's making these decisions Susan's or why. shaking her head, like, no, please, no, not, no, God, yeah, not don't, longer. Don't expose me to that anymore, please. Yeah, yep. the, 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 edit, the, the editing really kills um, a lot of the final products, and I don't know why Terrible. Warner is so handsy. And the fact that a trailer, you know, a trailer cutting you know, company is the one that edited the entire film of Suicide Squad, and, and I like the director, and I, I, I like—I mean, the visuals, like I said, are stunning. Um, but I still, this is this movie is absolutely rewatchable. I love it. I can't wait to see what James Gunn is going to do to try to redeem this property. Agreed. He's going to kill it. Okay. Totally. My number one is probably a movie that none of you have seen, and we're going to fall right into that whole Don Johnson Miami Vice mark, and it's um, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. I've seen it, Mickey Rourke. Davidson, horrible. It was another HBO movie. This no, it wasn't. This was this was a broadcast release. It might have been produced by HBO. When I say HBO, I mean I rewatched it all oh, the time okay. because it was I on HBO you. all the time. This movie got a twenty-two percent from the critics and sixty-five percent from the fans. And I'm not going to lie to you. This movie is not good, but it is fun to watch. It's ridiculous. It breaks all the stupid rules, but it it's just a it's a good time. It's Don Johnson and Mickey Rourke playing busted up, we don't give a shit about the rules, type guys trying to do the right thing. And it's and, awesome. And it's a whole buttload of fun. Uh, I think it's, um, is it is it Daniel Baldwin that's in it? One of the Baldwin yes, brothers is it, in it. I think it's Daniel. I always call him the Hacks, big one. Hacksaw Jim Dugan is in it. I call Daniel Baldwin the big one. Yeah, the big one. The big one. <laughs> yeah. This movie is stupid. Uh, it, the, I think the script was written by three four-year-olds on crack. Um, it's just bad, but it is fun to watch, and I almost and feel bad admitting I like this movie, but I don't because I like this movie. Own that shit. Oh, I did. Did you see it, Colby? No, I haven't. Tia Carrera, Tom yes. Sizemore. Wow. Yes. Yep. There's a lot of people in shit, this movie. Tom Sizemore. Tom totally Sizemore's forgot in, about yep. him. Yeah, he's the bad guy, isn't he? Uh, I think yes. Tom yeah. Sizemore is a big, but yeah. Yes. It's you know what? It's just fun. It's it's the equivalent of watching Commando. You watch Commando and go, oh, my God, what did he shoot? 600 to 601 rounds out of that clip. Ah, fuck it. It's fun. Yeah, there you go. Done. <laughs> Good choice, sir. Thanks, man. All right. So my number one, I'll be shocked if more than one of you have seen it. In fact, my guess is Colby has seen it, and you two have not. Starring one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Condemned. Ooh, good one. Thank you. Colby has uh, seen it. Apparently, Mike was right. <laughs> there, I, I, hey, I call it like I like, see it. It, it. First of all, you take Stone Cold, and you watch wrestling, right, Colby? Yes, I did. Okay, I, I, I know you've made quite a few references in, in your podcast as well. Mm -hmm. Stone Cold is one of those rare wrestlers that you, his character, like you firmly believe that's the way he is in real life. 
and his wrestling character in The Condemned is exactly the same, and it would have been shitty if he wasn't. Convicted criminal, wrongly, rounded up with a bunch of other violent convicted criminals, shipped off to an empty island, fully wired and camered up, fight to the death. Whoever is the last one standing gets their freedom. And all Stone Cold wants to do is get back to his wife, and it, it plays out exactly how you expect it to. But holy shit, if the kills aren't fantastic and Steve Austin is just not stone cold through the entire movie and just awesome. This was early WWE films. One of the um, first, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was. I took a first date to this movie. And we had so much fun. I forget. I think it, I think we went to go watch it in the falls down in Miami and Kendall. And um, wow. Oh, my God. I remember the chick who I dated, too. Goodness. No, no, but I would say like this movie was like super fun. It was a lot of fun and it was really great action. And this is when like WWE films was like, like really hard. Like um, it was, it was, it was before the John Cena films. And I think the rock at this time was with Disney. So like, yeah, it was, yeah, this was brutal. It's, but it's not, yep. It's R rated. There's um, there's a scene where he, God, if, if I remember right, He's the one that busts up the attempted rape in the jungle. Yeah. And the fight scenes in this movie are just awesome. And of course, they have the obligatory thrown in wrestling moves, which mm-hmm. if you weren't if you know, if they wouldn't have happened, I'd have been pissed. But this is a movie you just throw on for an hour and a half of mindless fun with Stone Cold, who is one of my all time favorites, and it, it delivers on everything you'd expect in a movie like this. Absolutely agree. That's a great number one. Thank you, Colby. I feel much. I feel vindicated right now. <laughs> it make, makes you feel any better. I picked one he hadn't seen. Yeah. Well, and that that's just as impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so that is our list. Yeah. Colby, we cannot thank you enough. Ever I, t- taking the time out of your day to you know as busy as you are with your own stuff, uh, spending a, a a nice evening with us, and um, going over all this stuff, and we can't wait to do this again. Yeah, no, this was a lot of fun. Like I said, um, since you guys have started, I've gone back and I've listened. And, you know, I've, just, I, I've loved your back and forth. I loved your energy, driving a truck down between Florida and stuff like that. I, it feels like I've gotten to know you guys, and it's a lot of fun. And I, I love the vibe. I, hey, definitely. Any, any invite back is one that will be super well welcomed. Y'all are great. Keep it up. Um, I, I Yeah, I, big fan right here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. When you are in Orlando, we need to know because we're yes. only an hour away, and uh, you know I I know how to pay for beers, so <laughs> I like exactly the way that that sounds. So yeah, I would definitely be in Orlando um, on that October fifteen weekend. So we'll definitely try to uh, to work something out. So, Keep us posted. Yep. So so everybody out there listening, we definitely have to thank the marketing angel because we never would have been able to put something like this together. Uh, I don't know if you know Colby, but but my wife, it, she that's what she does. Um, uh, we just sit in a room and look stupid, and she does all this great stuff. And uh, thank you very very much, Susan, for uh, making what such a wonderful contact. Well, well, thank you. It's thank you for having me. Oh, don't thank, thank you. Yeah, thank, yeah. It's it's fun to be in the den of detrimental dick wagging with the nary a cock to swing. So it's good. I know two of the words I, she just said. I, you, you lost me, at Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually do. Colby, Colby, sell yourself. What do you got? 
Yeah, hey, once again, this is your boy, Kobe Mack. I'm giving you a little bit of me multiple times throughout the week. You can check out, once again, all my written content at KobeTomey.com. You can follow your boy on all the socials on Twitter and Instagram at KobeTomey and on Facebook at Kobe, uh, excuse me, Kobe Mack. And, of course, listen to the Kobe Told Me podcast as well. If you are an enthused podcast, which I hope Greg, Mike, and the marketing agent can help out, I am looking to assemble the dream team of podcasters. I want to put together a one-stop shop to curate everything that comes out on these subscription services to make what, what, what to watch and what not. So if you have an opportunity to want to be able to lend your voice talent and be a part of the dream team of streaming, it's called the Stream Team 6. At the Stream Team 6, I would love to be able to collab with you and put something great together in 2020. Can we change that to the suicide stream team? <laughs> hey, possibly. I mean, think. I mean, we've been talking about it enough. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't yeah. think. I don't think suicide's trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Colby. That, that that's awesome, and we're definitely gonna. We've got to get in touch with you when you get down here because we need to do a full blown DC episode for sure. Because it sounds oh, like you've got a lot to say. Yes. Yeah. We, we we will be in touch, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. We can't thank you enough. Hey, thank you, guys. All right, buddy. Have a great night. It was wonderful talking to you. All right. Take it easy. Goodbye. Bye. Wow. That was pretty badass. That was a lot of fun. That was. Um, do we have – Do because I have a shit ton of honorable mentions if you guys want to do bonus content. If you don't, We're going to go just a couple minutes. What we're going to do right now is at Putty2773, at GBishop72, at Marketing – it's T5FF underscore Angel. Angel. And uh, top5forfighting.com. Check out our Patreon page. We just posted, some more, just posted some more bonus content. If you'd like to subscribe in that way, check out our merchandise shop, top5forfighting.com, at top4fighting, or top5forfighting on the, on the Facebook page. Uh, wow, this was a lot of fun. We hope you guys had as much fun listening to this as we did doing it. Uh, anything else? Uh, that's it. I mean, just make sure that I, I got to update uh, www.top5forfighting.com this week, but uh, swing by. We still have some really cool stuff there. Just waiting for hockey season. Hockey season. Check out our uh, extra bo- bo- uh, episodes of the for fa- football and fantasy football. Um, one of those will be coming out here. It should have come out before you hear this. So thanks again for listening. We cannot thank you enough for your support. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. <laughs> Let me tell you something about this monstrous Leviathan. Hand goes up. Please don't tell me that he's going to ask. Just wait. When does he kill the vampires? How you feel about that, Ash? I could not care less. I think we're just going to have to clockwork orange your ass. All right. Wow, that's a good one. Thanks for bringing the room down, Richard. That sounds good. I was literally I can smell the freedom. He always buries something. Here's the precursor to this story. When I first it's like met a cat Nick. in a litter box. <laughs> All right, good one. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you know whatever. And now I have a son in that same infantry, literally, and it's it's just it's amazing to me. <laughs>